What's up my fellow ambitious poker players and welcome to the Mechanics of Poker podcast in which me, Renee, aka The Wacko and Adam Carmichael deconstruct high stakes poker players, figuring out what it is about them, how they think, what they do that makes them so successful with an extra focus on the obstacles they faced and the skills they had to develop to surpass them. This podcast is brought to you by Poker Ambition. If you are ambitious about making more progress in your poker career, go over to their site, pokerambition.com and find out which service is best for you. But without further ado, let's get into today's episode. Hi there, my fellow poker enthusiasts. Welcome back to another episode of the Mechanics of Poker podcast. Today, we are connected to Spain to have a chat with high-stakes Spanish cash game player Jose Jimenez, also known as JM Big Joe Online. Well, like many Spanish players, he is resident in Andorra, which is probably one of the countries, I would say, with the most amount of crushing poker players in the world. Not a day goes by I don't play against someone from Andorra. Uh, however, he doesn't spend all his time there as he loves to travel and describes himself more as a nomad. He is very into yoga, meditation, surfing, and nature. He has mentioned actually to me that he loves to be connected with it by walking barefoot if he has the chance and is known for hugging trees, which is actually I saw a profile picture that he has on his Instagram. So there's a lot of love for nature right there. He has also been to various silent retreats where you basically sit in silence, meditating often for a week or more, which is actually something that I'm still eager to try myself. And I'm very curious to hear how he thinks his lifestyle around poker has contributed to his success. Adam, I know you are an advanced meditator yourself, and we have already discussed the value of meditation many times on this podcast. Have you ever done a silent retreat? And if so, why do you think it's beneficial? Well, yeah, I've been meditating for about seven years, probably every day, around 20 to 30 minutes on average. I haven't done a silent retreat, and I'm very keen to do one as well. And yeah, I think the benefits relative to meditating would just be that immersive experience. So you get to remove all stimulus for a prolonged period of time. Generally, you're going to spend a lot of that time meditating or being in nature. So yeah, I can imagine doing four days to seven days, full-sided retreat would be amazing. You'll come out with a great sense of clarity, but I haven't done it yet. So I'll let you know if I do it in the future when I make time for it. But yeah, really excited for today's guest. He seems like a very holistic guy, looks after his health, very into nature, into meditating, has a very diverse background of interests outside of poker, whilst pursuing yeah, high-stakes poker. So yeah, really curious to see how he fits it all together. And it's just going to be a wide-ranging conversation with many topics for the audience. Yeah, I'm very curious myself as well. Uh, before, however, we get into the conversation with Jose, I would like to remind our audience that we have only one week left on our closing sale promotion on the Mechanics of Poker program. As mentioned in, I think, the previous podcast as well, we are working hard behind the scenes on the Mechanics of Poker 2.0, an even better program. If you sign up now, you will still have access to all the goodness that's coming up in the 2.0. However, we are going to be only accepting players that fit a certain profile in the 2.0. So if you want to guarantee a seat in the program, sign up now. The promotion runs until the end of July. So sign up, 
get discount and guarantee a seat for the Mechanics of Poker 2.0. All right, last chance. Without further ado, though, let's get into our conversation with Jose. Hola, señor Jose, ¿cómo estás? Muy bien, muy bien. Increíble, maravilloso. Maravilloso, bueno, bueno. From here on, we'll take it over into English. Uh, I wanted to start off this pod with what got you into poker. You mentioned, as many others did before you, that you like the competitive aspect that poker gives. But I think also the opportunity for growth being a poker player can bring you because you mentioned that you always strive towards becoming better every day, probably not only in poker, but also in life. Since what age and in which activity do you recall first realizing that being on a continuous path of developing and getting better in something is so rewarding for you? And could you describe the feeling this gives you? Okay, let's see how I start. See, um, I started poker because I like to play games uh, about a strategy game like Age of Empire, World of Warcraft. Um, but I couldn't win, I couldn't earn money with that. So I said, okay, I start to watch like a high stake poker with uh, Phil Ivey, um, Tom Duan. So I said, okay, they are earning a lot of money. So why I cannot, why I cannot do this? So if I like games, so I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go, I'm gonna play poker and let's see what happens. Okay, um, so uh, this was my my, my my why I started to play poker. But and then on the way, I realized that poker is a big tool to grow because it's so similar to life. But this was um, much uh, later uh, because. Um, when I started to play poker, I didn't, I didn't start the, the, uh, the spiritual path, like a developing path, like the power of now, uh, meditation, um, this, this kind of things. So when, uh, but um, I started in this kind of things because when I, play, I was playing poker, I need to drink Red Bull to be focused. So I said, okay, this is not healthy. This this can't be. I mean, this uh, have to be another things to get focused and don't need like Red Bull or a lot of coffee or this kind of things. So I um, I found the I, I meet the meditation. Uh, it's like a vipassana meditation, like focusing on your breath, breath, your breath, and observing your body, your thoughts your feelings, your sensations. So I started to meditate. And then that was the, the click, the beginning of my spiritual way, my spiritual path. I don't know if, um, can you, uh, you, ask, you ask me many things. So I don't know if, where, uh, what, I, <laughs> what I have to do now. I mean, no, but- yeah, I, I, I can understand. I did indeed uh, uh, give you quite a broad question, but you gave a lot of interesting information, mainly yeah, that you, played already competitive games before you started to play poker was for example because you mentioned that when playing poker uh, focus apparently was an issue right you maybe noticed that you were making mistakes due to not being focused when you were playing other games like age of empires was focus already a problem back then i didn't know because they uh, there weren't uh, there were money you know there is no money in, in the middle so 
I know I, I, I remember uh, I wasn't so good. I mean, I wasn't okay, but wasn't good. So I don't know why. So maybe this was one of the other things, right? But when I, I go in, into poker, then I, you know, I have this serious, if you make a mistake, you lose money. So it's like a money was a, a, a tool, no, or something, because I, I don't want to lose. Because if you lose, so you cannot leave. So you have to quit poker. And, you know, I, I, want, uh, I don't like to lose. You know, it's like uh, I'm so competitive in the past with the, the with the world because um, if I you know I have a, like um, when I was a child um, I have like a problem with my family with my father my mom so um, my father left so I think I realized now um, my spiritual path that I. Uh, I have to be good because if I'm good, people love me, you know? So that was my, my best, uh, my, my most important point to be good, to be competitive, to be the best, because if I'm the best, people love me. So uh, it was a very important thing to, 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 uh, to achieve to high stakes in the past, in the past. For example, because uh, before to to start in the uh, before to start in the spiritual path, I was already playing like 1K, you know, 1K, a little bit of 2K. Uh, that was 2013, 2014. Then I I met Duca uh, Poker, I met Bedo, you know, Andres Artignano. I was I was coach coached for him, uh, but in that time I didn't know anything about. Um, Spiritual things about the developing ourselves. About I, I didn't even know I could observe my thinking. You know, it's like a, you know, when you start in meditation, when you start to do, you start, you start to realize, okay, I'm thinking. What the, what is this? You know, I'm thinking really. Um, uh, I, I, I get to this. Thank, thanks to Edgar Toll with the power of now. You know, that was the beginning. And then, you know, it has been like a, uh, 12 years already working on myself, uh, knowing myself um, and knowing to love myself because I didn't love me in the past. Now I, I, I have a lot of work yet, um, but everything changed. Um, I think it's a endless. A way I mean, in life, everything you want to do, everything you do, uh, all the ways, um, if you want, are infinite, infinite. Like I, there is no end in any way. You can get, um, you can get, you can walk as much as you want. You understand what I mean? Mm -hmm. So that's the. Uh, that's interesting that you said like that you made the realization of, hey, wait, I'm actually thinking and become conscious of what you're thinking. And I can imagine that if you become conscious of what you're thinking, for example, in poker, right? Often in a poker hand, we think about things that might not be as relevant as we would like it to be, right? We hear certain thoughts or we're like, 
why the hell am I thinking this inside this hand? This is completely not relevant. Do you still remember like something while you were observing your thought process in the hand? You were like, Jose, this is not very helpful. Why am I thinking this? Do you remember? Uh, did, did you have a uh, moment like that? Uh, I don't remember exactly the point in a hand, but of course that happened because it still happened in my life. I mean, I'm talking with someone and then I start to think about other things that it's not important now. So I said, why are you doing me? I mean, you're here or not? Um, in poker, now I'm so, I have an amazing uh, work ethic. Uh, I'm so professional and so serious. So I have a big routine before to go poker. Uh, I don't, uh, like, I don't have any, I don't open Skype, anything. I mean, only poker, only focusing in poker. I play along. Uh, with my head, um, earphones, um, with uh, like a ocean sounds in the background. Uh, I, I wake up, I meditate, uh, I do some exercise uh, to wake up the mind. It's, it's, for me, it's so important. Sometimes you wake, you wake up uh, like a little bit like a slow. Then you start you do exercise for 10 minutes. You have to get sweat, sweat, sweat. Yeah. And then you mind, wow, yeah. and this is it's amazing. And that is um, evolutive because in the past, when you go to hunt, you know, you have to be away. You know? So uh, this is uh, a power, uh, a book about that, like uh, the club of the five, a, uh, five o'clock a.m. You know, mm -hmm. the, that is Robin Sharma, maybe, I'm not yeah. sure. Uh, this is amazing. That book is, wow. So I wake up. I meditate, I do exercise. That's um, it. Robin that's Sharma, the 5 a.m. club. I think so, right? I think it's an amazing book. Amazing book. Um, Why is uh, it so amazing? Because uh, it's like a, a show you what to do um, to be good at what you are doing. I mean, uh, because you are not, uh, for example, you have, if, you, if you read the book and you uh, apply the book like a uh, straight. Um, when you wake up at 5 a.m., okay, everything is quiet. Life, people is sleeping. So you have, you don't have um, distractions. That's important. And then if you don't wake up at 5, um, at 5 a.m., okay, so anyway, you can, you can have an environment with no distraction, okay? For example, I don't, I don't open the phone. I mean, I don't, I don't take the phone, WhatsApp, any, anything, till I finish my day. You know, actually, in my WhatsApp, I have a phrase that I check the WhatsApp one or twice per week. You know, if you want some, if something is important, please call me or send me an email. You know, in the in the last three years. I didn't get a call and only one email because uh, a friend wanted to have dinner with me, you know? So, okay, so there's not anything important, actually. So um, there is a book, amazing book too, about this, the seven, seven habits, the seven habits to be efficient people, I think in mm -hmm. English. Steve seven Hobbit. habits of highly efficient people, I think highly. Yeah, it's uh, amazing, that, that book, that one, mm -hmm. and the 5 a.m., I mean, it's are so important. To, to, to know what is important and what is not and, and, be, fo and be like a focus in what you're doing and be present, you know, in what you're doing, be here. 
be present. So that's a, now for me, I think this is the, the most important point to be good, to achieve high stakes. You know? This one was one and another one was the, the um, to learn PIO, of course, when you play 2K plus, you have to learn PIO for sure, because you have to know, I mean, actually, I don't, uh, um, I don't know if PIO is good or bad, but I mean, the, in life, nothing is good or bad, okay? But um, it's important to know your opponent strategy. So I don't care if you are going to use that or not, but if I know my opening strategy, I know what I'm gonna do. I mean, I'm in, in uh, like, I, I see the, there's another book, right? The, the Art of War or something like that. Mm -hmm. Talk about big this. Fan, I mean, big fan. Big fan. I didn't read it, actually. I, I have to do it. But that's important. I mean, if you know the, your strategy, your opening strategy, I mean, it's amazing. So, yeah, um, I, I, think, me, I think he has a phrase. I, I don't think I can quote it exactly, but it says something like if you know your opponent, uh, you win one out of two wars. If you know yourself and your opponent, you will be victorious. Something uh, along those lines. And if you amazing. know neither, if you know neither, you will always lose, basically, right? It's the importance of knowing your opponent's strategy, but also knowing yourself. Because if you only focus on the other, you, right? To quote, uh, quote Conor McGregor, uh, I remember it was, I think he was fighting against Jose Aldo. I've listened to this clip many times. He said, who the fuck is Jose Aldo? It's you against yourself in there in the ring right and it's the same in poker we are often our biggest opponent but you need yeah. to have a certain level of self-awareness that for example with the power of now and on your spiritual path you probably realize that like oh it's not i'm not losing because of my opponents at the table i'm losing because of myself and i yeah. think especially in the beginning i remember when i started to play poker and this is probably similar for you i just sat down and expected yeah, what I knew to come out. I didn't understand that it was a performance aspect, right? Like you say, you wake up, you meditate, you do a little bit of exercise to wake up your mind. I always go outside, take some sun. You know, this is always to, to wake yourself up. And you start to experience that in poker. And there was something interesting that you also brought up, the necessity. Because you play this game for money and you want to win. And losing costs you a lot of money. Whereas when you're playing Ace of Empires and you lose, it's like, yeah, okay, I just play this game for fun, right? So the necessity wasn't really the same. It was actually interesting that you also mentioned uh, that your father left and that caused you uh, basically to want to get validation from other people, if I understood uh, that correctly, right? It's correct. sort of, I, I think it's, correct me if I'm wrong here, but it's like, okay, I didn't get the love from my father that I wanted. So therefore I'm going to try to be liked by everyone around me, which, you know, can have a negative aspect but for you it sounded also like it has a positive aspect which is you were then trying to trying to be very good at a lot of things to receive this love and yes. nowadays you said that you love yourself more so it's not really necessary as much could you maybe walk us through that path yeah uh, so now i i love myself more but anyway these are endless way uh, endless uh, way um i have a very uh, a scar a big scar Mm -hmm. a big big scar so you need a lot of work and time to, to heal so uh, the, the most important thing is to be in the process and every day you try to be better and conscious it's going to be better um, but of course uh, i am human and i still want 
the love of people, you know, but in a different way, you know, some kind of different way, but now it's less important for me you know, because I'm more, I'm com more comfortable with me. So I need the people less, but you know what I mean? Um, mm -hmm. The same, but different, same, same, but different. You know, you have been in Thailand? Have you been in Thailand? Same, same, but different. Yeah. <laughs> but different. Yeah, that, 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 that's indeed what they love to say in Thailand. But, but I can, did, did you notice maybe a certain motivation drop? Because in one way, this kind of fuels you, right? To be, try to become the best, to earn validation from other people around you that, for example, in this case, you didn't get from your father. After you realized that, that that was kind of a driving, one of your drivers behind trying to become a successful poker player, did you then notice like a certain drip, drop in motivation? Uh, no, no, because uh, I like to be, now I like to be better because for myself. So that's the most important. When you realize this, like I, I love to grow. I love to grow. Um, if I'm, it's not like better. It's like a, if I grow, I'm quiet. I'm with myself, like a relaxed, peaceful. So for me, the most important thing in life is to be in peace, you know, to be quiet. Uh, be in the present, quiet, and be here. Um, then that's, so this is my past now. Um, for that, uh, I still have a lot of motivation because I, I, like, I love the game. Actually, another uh, other thing about I'm good in poker is because I love the game. I love the game. I love the strategy, competition. I, I, I love the freedom. I, mean, I can do everything with poker. I can live everywhere. I, 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 don't, I don't remember the last time I, I didn't... Um, uh, I couldn't do something. If I want to do something, I do it you know, because I don't have the problem of money. You understand? I did all this. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Understand this? What I what I meant? Yeah, yeah. yeah you, so, you, so you you're more okay. your present moment. How I understood it, your present moment, you're very much okay with it because you don't need anything more, right? I think this is also. Is it is this a bit Buddhism or meditation? I don't know, but like the present is okay, right? Often, if you would observe it, we often worry and envy things that are in the future and actually not really relevant. Okay, maybe made relevant by society because we want to have a certain status or something and we observe or we kind of consume our minds with trying to achieve something for, for reasons that are not really purposeful. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing. I think that's so so difficult. And this is the what everything says. You know, the big master says. You know. Okay. Um, but another thing, talking about uh, talking about this now. Um, <clears throat> the last month. I mean, I've been playing high stake like a, for the last year. Many hours. A lot of stress. Um, I love the game, but I didn't do. I didn't, I only play poker. I only study poker 12 hours per day, 14 hours per day. Fifth, last month, on 15th of May, I left Playa del Carmen um, because I, have, I live in Andorra, actually. So I wanted to stop. I wanted to go out from poker for a while because when you are so inside, when you are so uh, deep 
in something you cannot see outside. I mean, in life, there is amazing things. But if you are focusing only on one thing, maybe you are losing a lot of things, a lot of, uh, a lot of good things. No? And I love poker, so I could be, I, I, I could be playing poker the, the whole, my whole life. But I'm, I'm a little bit scared because I'm in my comfort zone. So may, I'm scared about, uh, I want to, to know, I want to see if there is other things in life that I, I, I like, I, um, I love too, you know? Is that what I mean? So yeah, when you're very much in the poker grind, that seems like any, that's all that matters. This is, yeah. this is life. And sometimes you need to kind of distance yourself from that to realize, <clears throat> oh, wait, there's actually more in life. Yeah, sure. Poker is still important to me, but wait, there's so much more. There's so much more. And poker, um, now when, you know, the people said the first time you achieve something, the first time you achieve something is the, is the, mm, the like, if you achieve something one, two, three, four times, the first time is the best about sensations, feelings, okay? So I got it. I got it now. Uh, so now uh, I, I was thinking about, okay, for why I do this? Because of money, because I want to get to higher or wh what now, you know, what now? Because if I don't think about this, I can, I can play, I can play, 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 play and money for what? I mean, so now I don't need to work actually, you know, um, because um, I earn a lot of money to buy some houses and rent it. And for, I need like uh, maybe 2,000 years per month to live. So uh, I get this already with my houses. So, okay, money is not now the motivation. So what I won't do, you know? This is actually quite interesting because uh, I think a lot of poker players, they are very driven by becoming the best or making an X amount of money. And then when they reach that goal, right, often already at a very young age, the next question is sort of now what? And it what? seems like you have thought about this question quite well. Like, why do I continue to play poker and why, in which way does it fulfill me? So in which other way financial freedom is out of the way, as you said, right? Money is no longer the motivation. Then why do you keep on playing? Why is it so fulfilling to you to, you know, maybe try to become the best? I know, you know, you try to be play the highest stakes. What, yeah. what makes that so fulfilling for you? Or, and it's, it's mainly probably the process, right? Because you're very much in the moment. It's not like, oh, I want to become the best because then I will feel in a certain way. I feel like you're definitely a more evolved spiritual creature that you're like no it's the process day by day yeah it's a, it's a between right because i, I still fighting with with that with to be loved for to be um loved for the rest or to be the best because people is gonna accept me that i still fighting with that right but mm -hmm. now i'm conscious of that i work a lot on that so i, I can make a decision i can okay i i i have this this is my weakness and but Conscious, I can do this. Mm -hmm. right? So, to play high stakes, you know, you have to be like, poker is your life. You wake up with poker, you drink with poker. I mean, I drink with poker. I, I, I drink with hands. So it's twenty-four hour. Uh, so I think I don't, I don't want that for now. 
I don't know, but maybe yes, you know, it's like uh, maybe next month they told you, hey, Waco, I'm going to play high stake again. So I feel it. You know, it's okay. Uh, it's okay. But now I think about, okay, I can, I can play 1K, 501K, maybe, maybe 2K if the, type, the table is very good. But, you know, like, uh, okay. Um, and it's, I, can, uh, I can be in poker like six hours per day and then do other, other things you know, because I don't need money. I love poker, so I want to play poker because uh, help me to help people. So when I play poker, when poker for me is a big tool to get to people, uh, to help people, to change people's lives. Actually, I don't like to coach. I like to coach people who is playing like between no limit 50 no limit 100 because as well, i'm going to make a change in his life i mean he's uh, almost to get a professional so wow that's amazing you know it's like a like helping people to to be professional and to maybe have the same life that i have that my life is amazing it's crazy it's like a, it's like a dream you know i mean of course i have my um, bad days or my problems. We don't have problems actually. Uh, so my conflicts, my uh, okay, oh, you know, I lose something. Of course, we are humans, okay? but um, our life is crazy. It's like a, we are in the top, in the top. So um, the point is, I I like to help people, maybe change people's life, you know. Uh, make a point in his life. Um, so poker gives me this. You know, it's a tool to be able to do this because the more uh, things you are going to ask me later, maybe. But um, my, for me, the most important thing in life is to be a good person, a good person to help people. Of course, to be a. When I talk about to be a good person, first to be a good person with me love myself and then if you are able to love yourself you could you are able to love people mm -hmm. uh, always in from inside to outside you know that's something I, I um i've been learning for many years but now i really understand these concepts everything is from inside when you get that inside realize um, realize outside Realize outside or mm -hmm. appear outside. Mm -hmm. It's like mirror with yourself. If mm -hmm. you love yourself, people are gonna love you because if you love yourself, you love people. People love you like people like love. So mm -hmm. it's amazing. And if and if someone has a different way in life, like for example, maybe you know there's some people that they are disconnected with love. So um, they do things that we don't understand or look, look, doesn't look fine. Or for example, I don't know. I don't like to, to give us extremes, extremes examples, uh, but um, something do something, uh, uh, someone do something to you. You say, oh, why you did that? Oh, this bad person. It's not a bad person. He has his process. He don't love himself. So how is gonna love you all? Okay, so understand the most important thing about this is understand how human works, the human, how why people do things. Um, um when you know how, why people do things, uh, then you 
start to be more uh, empathic, uh, yeah. empathic, and of course, I'm not, I'm not, um, I understanding. I under, I'm trying to understand people, but I'm not like um, supporting them, su supporting. Yeah, no, for example, Because always there's a conflict with this when I talk about this. Like, okay, so, uh, for example, a string example, um, terrorism. People is killing people because they know, they think, if they, for example, the um, jihadist, jihadist mm -hmm. people, uh, they kill because they think it's, it's the best. Because you do that, the, uh, it's best. For, it's the best for them, for his community, to su to survive. And if they do, if they do that, they go to heaven, 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 mm -hmm. and they're amazing there. So, I yeah. In the end, they're that. also trying to make the world a better place. Maybe not in the in the eyes of others. Yes, but for them, no, I, I get it. So, and, and you 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 don't. It's it's obviously it's not a justification, but exactly. See, yes, see, but seeing it through their eyes you can understand it. Why in their yeah. eyes, the way the belief systems they have, this is actually a good thing to do. Yeah, and so now go to poker. I mean, poker life is same. You think, go to poker. If I understand why you play that hand like that, I, I'm going to know you better. So I know how to exploit, exploit you better. I am going to earn more money for you. you know, but mm -hmm. one of the biggest mistakes is um, something do, some, uh, some, um, some players do, uh, some move and you say, oh, he's so bad. Why he do that? He's horrible. Oh, I'm gonna crush you. I mean, but that, that uh, this thinking, this thought, this thinking process don't um, give you anything. I mean, you don't learn with this. You don't learn with this process. You learn, you say, okay, he do that. He, that, he did that. Why? Why he did that? Yeah, because okay. he, he does it because he thinks it's a good idea, right? So you have to figure out in, in which way do you think that makes this a good idea? What can I learn from that in order to exploit you in the future? Yeah, and if you have this way of thinking, maybe you realize that you are wrong and not him. Yeah, that, that's, that's, a, that's a very common, common issue that you see that people just label someone as bad and they don't keep an open mind for, okay, he thinks this is good. When would this be good? Because we can always learn from any type of player, even from a quote-unquote bad players. The, the, I think the players you can learn the most from are people that you perceive to be not that great, but they still always crush. Then there apparently is something that they do that you don't understand. <laughs> I remember... Uh, Duca Poker, uh, Bedo, mm -hmm. Andres Artignano. I had this, the same conversation with him, but different way, because he had different uh, <laughs> way to talk. But um, he said, oh, why he did that? He's horrible. And he told me, he's better than you. So maybe you have to learn and not him, you know? Ah, that's so, a good one. Yeah, it's, uh, when someone who is better than you is doing something, maybe I think you are, the, you are wrong. And then you, of course, and if you, do this with everyone, doesn't matter if better or, or, or worse, uh, you are going to learn a lot, a lot. I wanted to, uh, a lot of goodness. Thank you a lot for sharing, for sharing all this. You mentioned that you love to win. Uh, and I'll be like, you can, you can describe to us how winning makes you feel and why this is so great. But often when you experience highs with that also come lows. So how do you experience the highs 
and the lows in poker? Or do you keep the lows to a medium and you try to maximum experience the highs? The highs is uh, the earnings? The, the, when you yeah, win? the wins. So okay, often, wins. you know, in order to, to, to open yourself up for extreme emotions of, for example, yeah, you feel yeah. very euphoric because you won a lot. That means you also open yourself up for the downsides, which if you lose, <laughs> you hurt a lot. How, yeah, yeah. Uh, how do you experience winning and losing as, I think, an emotional person, an expressive emotional person? Uh, I love to win. So I'm working on learn to lose, right? So and my lose, way, like um, my way is if I lose on poker, I mean, when uh, or playing football, I love football. I'm playing football, playing any 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 competitive uh, sport or game. If I lose, you uh, the other win, okay? So it's amazing, okay? He's happy now. So I'm focusing on. If I lose, he's, he's win, he wins. So it's good. I lo- I'm happy for him. Ah. You know, that kind of this way. Okay. Um, then another point is life is like this. If, if I don't lose, I cannot win. If I win, I, you know, it's the duality, duality of life. So I'm still working a lot of this because it's not natural. Uh, when I lose, okay, I, feel, I try to be happy for you, but. I get serious or I cannot make a joke, or, you know, it's not uh, natural. But anyway, um, when we start to learn something, it's not natural. When you start to walk, you fall a lot. It's not natural for you. You look like a clown. You look like a, oh, I'm gonna, you know, with, with babies, no? So it's a process and I'm, I'm learning how to lose happily, happy. Um, and, and then on poker, I'm not ready for this. Okay? I mean, I'm not ready in the short terms. So what I do, I don't look at uh, how a uh, graph, I don't look, I, maybe I look my results one per month or before to go holidays. If I go holidays, before to go holidays, I, I, I look my results. Um, and then I have a few days to, to calm down, you know, emotionally, uh, um, take a take a good uh, good perspective, you know about I have to lose because this poker uh, this life. Um, so uh, this I think is the the way I approach this. Yeah, I I, I think it really I'm personally a big fan of uh, only looking at your results on, for example, monthly basis because it feels like you know then the month starts fresh. You have something uh, to work on. You have your missions, you focus on the process, right? You focus on all the things that you're trying to improve. I'm sure there's a couple of spots where you feel like, you know, you could play a bit better. You focus on that. And then in the end result, end of the month, you could take a look at your results. Uh, But basically, if you just focus on the process of trying to improve your leaks, the end result will be that you will start to win money. Uh, So I'm a big fan. I'm a big big fan of that as well, not looking at results. I think one um, very important thing is to be focusing what is on you. I mean, you know, the, the, there are things that depend on of us and there, there are things that don't depend on us. Yeah. I said to us, It's yeah. like in, in, in control, out of your control. Exactly, yeah. So mm-hmm. is it me to wake up, meditate, exercise, study, um, you know, play as, as, as best as I can, um, but it's not on me to earn 
every day or in every session because and thanks and thanks thanks of that thanks of that uh, we earn money i mean occasionally I play poker because they have a chance a chance to win in short term short term is that why occasionally doesn't play chess because they cannot win at, never i mean they never uh, are able to win poker they can win I mean, for one session 100 hands you know, that's thanks to that, we can live from poker. So yeah. So this is again be... like the the positives of losing. The, the fact that we can lose and the recreational can win keeps the game alive. Exactly, exactly. And, and for and so um, because of this and going deeper deeper to this, I I try to make the occasional experience as best as I can. Why? Because Think about think um, this way. They are, they are clients. We have a business. We have a hotel, a restaurant. They can our restaurant to, to have a good experience. So uh, I'm gonna give you a good experience in, in, in exchange to money. Yeah. 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 yeah it's like a they're, so, they're paying you money to have a good experience. Yeah, that's the point. So I when you realize this and when you understand this, I think your perspective to them change a lot because you know you you you, you um, i think you have seen a lot of people to blame occasionals to say um hey how do you play that hand like that or what you did or what this made i mean they're doing this best and thanks to him you are winning you are earning money why, why, why are you doing it's like a, if you go to a restaurant <laughs> um the the bartenders or whatever you ask for a drink and he give you a a, a, a punch a punch uh, or something you know he said oh thank you okay I'll give I'll give uh, take twenty euros for that thank you I'm going you know see you next time you know so, so yeah probably like not a... pro probably not see you next time <laughs> this was actually something that uh, that I remember in uh, the podcast we did with uh, Johan Joveral he really. He really emphasized on it, especially in live poker, that you are there to give the recreational a good experience. And he said that a lot of online players, they don't understand that. They, uh, understand they come that. there to play for money, whereas the recreational come there to have fun. I remember yeah. that's what he said. They are there to have fun, and it's your job to make sure that they have as much fun as possible. Yeah. And you, 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 are, um, you can see that when professional online poker players go to play live. They, yeah. they, they are like a, it's a, it's a, it's a mess. The, it's a different game. It's a different game. But you're playing with people. You can see people. You have to be talking. You have to actually. Um, maybe you go to play one k. It doesn't matter. But when you play high stakes for life, you have to be fun. You have to talk. You have to. You cannot be with your earphones. I mean, you have to be like a, a create a dynamic on the table because he's going for that. You know. And you. So, you also mentioned that before taking a break, you like to look at your results uh, to mainly to take a couple of days. So you do that a couple of days before you go on the holiday, right? Not the night before you have your flight tomorrow, you look at your results because you needed some time to process. And I think, could you maybe give, give some tips? I think a lot of players, they struggle with this to kind of let go of poker when they go on a holiday. I think especially when things went badly and then they're on holiday and they might feel some resistance. Like I'm here for example, something that I have experienced that you're there, but you don't really want to be there because poker is going bad and you want to work on it. That's one. Or 
you might feel a bit guilty. Like I didn't deserve to go on holiday because I've been playing like shit. These are two things that I would say that, that I, I would struggle with. Do you have any advice? Yeah, uh, I think the, 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 about the, the, um, the last, uh, well, to, feel, to feel a shit, no? like a shit because you didn't you lose or whatever. I think if you do your best, you have to be proud of yourself. I mean, mm-hmm. doesn't matter if, and then maybe you make some mistakes, but try to do better next time. And of course, you're going to make a mistake again. This life is human. But try to be better. If you try to be better, um, accept what happened. Um, I, I like to talk, I like a lot how people, um, you know, or I, I did like a two Vipassana retreats. So, you know, Vipassana retreats? It's a silent retreat, right? Silent retreat for mm-hmm. 10 days, focusing on meditation, um, on breath uh, there is a it's a millennia millenary uh mm-hmm. technique you know they, they said that you have to accept the reality as it is you no know? but do your best next the next time you know? so i think this uh works a lot for me when i have that uh feeling and then when for example if i look result and i lost a lot of course i have like a um uh you know what when someone die you know how you call that a dwell, a uh, uh it's a grief or something a grief yeah i have I mm-hmm. I have a grief when you when you lose something you have a grief it's a human feeling it's okay. i mean it's, it's it's like that but um, now uh it's less intense than before because i've been working on this for many years right but i i still have that i remember in 2000 i remember in 2000, 2013 when when i lose Many days, I only want to watch Netflix and do nothing because I, I feel like so sad and so down, you know. So I, of course, I realized that. I realized that. I started to work on that. And now I feel grief, but um, I understand the short terms. I did, I did my best. And sometimes uh, as, um, I, I think about, okay, I still be a, a winner or not? But that is, I mean, it's not, it's normal. I know I, I if you are, when you go out of, from that, of course, you know, you're a big winner, but that feeling, that thought, uh, it's, it's okay. You have to understand that happened and observe that, but don't react to that. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, I mean, this is so difficult because to, to do this, I did two retreats of 10 days, I meditate like a, one hour per day, like for a long time. I be, I'm very present observing my, my day a day. Uh, it's a long process. You know, it's not one day I do this and then the day I get it. No, okay, you have to be patient, um, work on that and everything. So, uh, so I, I look the, going back to the, when I looked the results, mm-hmm. actually I, I looked the results. After the last hunt, I played, before holidays, I, play, I, I, I look the results. Mm-hmm. If I lose, I have some grief, that's okay. And actually, if I, if I played for many days, <laughs> I realized, uh, I think I realized, I realized this like six months ago or something like that, that I, I felt, I, I have the feeling of ludopathy. I mean, when you, ah, when you have drug, I don't know if you, if you, uh, try the MDNA, maybe mm-hmm. no. Okay, when you have drug, 
this kind of drug gives you a high, so use a lot of dopamine or serotonin, mm -hmm. and then the next the next days you are very down because you have to recover your, your things. Right? This like a, in Spanish we call we call it the the, the mono the monkey or the grieving whatever. Mm -hmm. um, so when I realized that when I play poker, the next day I want to be uh, like a lie down. I don't want to do anything. I, I, I think like nothing um, else is gonna um, fulfill me. Mm -hmm. So I only want to play poker, 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 poker. Yeah. So um, I, I, um, I, 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 so I tell you, uh, I talk about this because. Um, it's about we were talking about the results. Um, I still uh, feeling, I still having the feeling of a little bit down. Uh, I win or lose doesn't matter, but if I lose, of a little bit more. But I know I'm conscious about that, and after two days, it's okay. No, it's uh, it's okay. I'm very happy again. I can do many things. I'm motivated to do other things. Also, I don't know. If, I don't know if this answered your question or not, but. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're mainly describing or how I understood it is losing is part of the game and you've got very good at dealing with it mainly through grief, okay? Like some sometimes bad, bad periods will just happen and this is something that's unavoidable, right? And you've learned to give it a place and detach yourself and maybe your feelings, your self-esteem, how you feel about yourself as a player You've kind of detached that from the results. Obviously, in that moment, you feel like shit. The next day, you feel like shit. But maybe in the past, you felt like shit for a week. And now you only feel like shit for a day, right? But in the end, yeah. I think this is, this is a very important point that I'm getting from talking to you. In the end, you have to realize that you're human and you will feel like shit. And that's okay. But the goal is to feel like shit for a less period than you felt before right it's all yes. about that progress but you really realize a lot that certain ex emotions are just there for you to experience and like i said the fact that you're human so a lot of good stuff in there i personally uh if i made a big loss i go in hyper analytic mode where i go through all my all my hands i filter all the data i want i i need a diagnose okay it doesn't yeah. matter if it's if it's me playing bad or if it was just variants, I want to know the diagnosis. So if it was purely variants, there was almost nothing I can do. I can give it a place. And if it was due to my own mistakes, I feel actually in both cases, after a couple of days of doing, spending in hyper analytic mode, I feel good. Okay. Because there's either some things that came out that I can work on so I can give it a place and I can even feel motivated due to a downswing, or I can just give it a place and be like, okay, I'm, at least I'm playing well, you know. When I come back, I'll, I'll, I'll take them down. I have some big news, my fellow ambitious poker players, because the doors to our mechanics of poker program are closing. They are closing because behind the scenes, we have been working hard on the 2.0 version of the mechanics, which next to more content also will include more personal attention and a more exclusive community, which means that we will only take on a small group of players who fit the profile. This means that right now is your last chance to guarantee a seat in one of the most complete poker coaching programs out there, which will help you break free from low to mid stakes and help you reach high stakes poker games. 
Throughout the month of July, we are running our first and most likely last promotion ever, a 25% off closing sale on the Mechanics of Poker program. And if you enroll now, you will get lifetime access to all the updates, including all the goodness that is coming up in the Mechanics of Poker 2.0. So grab this opportunity before the doors are closed and let us help you realize your poker goals. Go over to pokerambition.com to enroll. But without further ado, let's get back to more goodness in this episode. Adam, you've been yeah. very silently uh, on the sideline. My apologies for that. Any, any tips <laughs> on uh, dealing better with losses? Well, yeah, I've been listening patiently. We've been talking about the power of now the seven habits of highly effective people and the 5am club. So a uh, big fan of all the topics so far. And yeah, Sounds like really... your conversation. Huh? This is, this this is perfectly know. in your street. <laughs> like, let me in, let me in. <laughs> but no, all good. Yeah. yeah. In terms of dealing with downswings, I, I really liked what Jose was saying there in terms of giving himself space from downswings in terms of not checking results so frequently, but also there was a big level of acceptance, just accepting things for what they are. And this is difficult. Like Jose was saying, this is not, a natural thing that we're good at when you're losing a poker it feels like the world's gonna end you have heightened emotions in your body that do not feel nice your mind is going very active into trying to problem solve things that may not need to be solved and you've got to be silent with, amongst it be the observer like jose is saying and be okay with that and that's hard to accept things not going your way is very very hard because when you're playing poker you want to make money you sit there because you think you can beat your opponents and you want their money off you off the off them so when you lose money you've got to deal with the opposite the inverse feeling of oh wait a second i didn't meet my expectations money's been taken from me i'm losing and because poker has this multifaceted game we never actually know why was it me did i mess up does my strategy suck is this variance is this guy getting lucky on me what, what's happening here and like you said there Renee, with your answer you want to know you want to know the answer because once you know the answer if it's variance you can accept it if it's your bad player you can also accept it so yeah dealing with bad results as a poker player is one of the skills that you just need to learn and yeah i think jose's experience i really liked the process you went through you talked about busy stilling yourself lots of meditation silent retreats all these things are really valuable because they give you space from thoughts and emotions so you can put them in their place. You can accept them. They're still challenging. They're still heightened at times. We still mess up occasionally, but at the same time, it gives you space to deal with them. So yeah, I think there's a lot of wisdom that's been coming there and yeah, really, really enjoying that part of the conversation. I do want to take it sideways because I know you guys have been chatting on lots of topics and I was wanting to know about your story a bit. So our job with this podcast is to bring out your kind of journey to high stakes. And in the questionnaire, you mentioned that it took you 12 years to get to your current levels. You also mentioned that school was quite easy for you. And when you started poker, how easy was poker? Was poker the first thing you tried after school? And how challenging was it when you first got into poker? Mm, okay. Um, I think I had, I don't know if luck would exist. I mean, uh, I mean, it's, well, oh no, sorry about this affirmation. Um, um, I, um, I think luck, luck is a lot in, uh, a lot in life. Really is the opposite of what they said in the beginning. Uh, so um, I like poker. Um, uh, so uh, in the beginning, uh, I was so bad. I, you know, you know, remember the poker star give you like five dollars to play, doing something. I, I made many, 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 many accounts with different people to get that. I lose a lot. I mean, blah blah blah. So, but I, I want to get. I want to 
play, I want to be a professional. So what I, I, I did, uh, I, I'm from Malaga. Yeah, I'm from Malaga, from Spain. So um, there were a club, poker club. So I started to be, I started like dealer to earn some money and know the people to play, to, uh, to be able to play against them better. You know? So um, where, um, during the tournament, some guy told me, ah, you want to learn poker? So there is a school uh, called Educa Poker. Now I'm teaching there. You know? That's am amazing. So, so I, I go to the, to the, to the school. Did ha uh, this happened like one year after, I think. I was like what I was like one year going around, you know, trying, I don't know what I was doing, wherever, blah blah. So then when I when I arrived, when I knew the school, I started with um, very easy strategies, like 20 BBs. You know, the, you, you remember the, the phrase, the phrase like a fucking Spanish short stack. You don't remember this? I don't know if you remember the work of this one. Yeah, 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 you all had the same avatars, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, so because we played with twenty BBs and um, regulars don't know how to play this, and they make a lot of crazy mistakes. You know? Like, uh, so it was easy because it was like a robot. You know, it's like a push, uh, open push, or so easy you don't make mistakes when you play uh, uh, less blinds, you less you make less mistakes. You know, so this thing is important in the process. So I started with this, I uh, started to study, study, I study a lot in the school. And I, I think I got luck too, because my, I think I have a graph with my, e, my EV under my, my green line, you know, my earnings. So that helped you a lot too, to be like um, in the process. If, if you lose, if your EV is like that, and you, in, the, in the beginning of the poker, you don't understand that. And maybe you, you're quick. You know, so I was, I, I, I was um, very lucky on my, on my process, but um, so this is my beginning. And then I started with Luca uh, Poker. Luca Poker was um, playing high, 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 high. And when I had, um, when I had the opportunity, I moved because in Spain in 2000, uh, 2011, I think, they made a regulation, so you only uh, you only could play against Spanish people, Spanish against Spanish. So if you want to play um, higher, you can you couldn't. So there, uh, that opened a, a window to move with other players. So we made a lot of poker players uh, uh, houses. Um, yeah, so that was amazing. I mean, when if if you want to learn. In, in something, if you want to learn something, you have to be surrounded by people better than you in something. They're so so efficient. So I have like I, I was lucky there. Um, I moved to then to you to Bournemouth to UK. I've been living in in UK like four five years something like that four five years. But like three, three months per year, six months per year, and <laughs> my English is not so good because I never go with English people. Sorry. <laughs> We always with the Spanish people, you know, like crazy. Uh, it's the easy way. So I'm sorry about that now. So um, then we make a, a poker player houses. I, I went to 100, not even 100, to 1K in one year. I, like a, I, 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 I had like six, 
$1,000 fund roll. And I am that, that year, I am like 100,000. 2011, it was crazy. And after that, um, I still living with poker players. And then in 2004, that's when 2011, 12. And then in 2014, I started with Luca Poker, with Vedo, with Andres. And then I started with Raul Mestre. And then I started with, uh, you know, I, I always be, I always, uh, I've been coach always for someone better than me. I think for me, that's important. Someone mm -hmm. to guide you and be surrounded for people better than you or that motivated to keep going. And that is one problem I have now in my life because when I go to, when I, for example, go to Vegas, now I, I, I've been playing the main event. Um, I'm with the high stake poker players. Uh, I want to play high, you know, I want to play poker, I want to play poker. You know, because that motivated motivate me a lot. Um, but when I go, when I'm not surrounded by poker players, then I, 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 I can be, I can go into other perspectives. You know, I'm so actually I'm so emotional. I'm so so emotional. And thanks to Vipassana, Vipassana helped me a lot. See, like it was a awakening in my life. And in poker, I always, uh, before Vipassana in 2000, 2017, I was playing 5K already. Uh, even I was battling 5K for a while with a limitless, with, you know, but there I was so exploitative. Uh, the, the point is, before Vipassana, I was earning with the blue line. After Vipassana, I mean, before Vipassana, I was um, playing like 5K for, for a while. Then I, I had like a one year, um, no poker, one year of sabbatic, sabbatic year. Uh, actually, that I did that many times in my career uh, because uh, I will have the conflict between, okay, I, left, I like poker, but I want to do something else. So I have the conflict during playing poker. That happened a lot to players, I think. Um, so I always have like, a, okay, this year I'm gonna go to serve. So in the last time I did this, the last time I did this, I was playing like 5K and one year after, I started in 200 after the Vipassana retreat. So I came from the blue line and I started in 200 um, of, uh, thanks to Vipassana, thanks to, to observe the, the emotions, uh, thanks to accept, like Alan said, accept things as it is, as they are. Um, I started to earn with the red line. I, I got red line like that, blue line it was a crazy change. Right. Um, so, um, okay, I don't know if I, I'm talking a lot, so I don't know what <laughs> you want to keep going because I, I lost, I lost myself already a little bit. So, so, so many things I can jump in you, you asked me how I got where I get, how, how I started, right? Yeah, yeah, no, that was great. We got, you went on a great path there. And some of the things I got from that was the importance of learning from others but also putting yourself in the right situation. Like I love the story where you said you were a dealer for a while and you, you were a dealer because you liked poker and you want to be around poker and learn from him. That's a super amazing like step to take. I'm not sure how many players would think of being a dealer. So they're around lots of the players and they can uh, learn from them. Then from there, you went into a school again, round of the players 
And you talked about basically going from 100 through to 1Ks in one year because you want to grind in house and you'll live with other players. And yeah, myself, when I played poker, I had five years of living with other players. And it's very immersive. All you do is live and breathe poker. You go for lunch, you talk poker strategy, you go for dinner, poker strategy, you grind together, you study together. And there's not much else that goes on in a lot of grind houses other than poker. So it gives you this almost like crash course. And like you said, if you're lucky enough or you're able to find players better than you, and you're a good learner, and you put yourself as kind of the student in that arrangement, you can learn so much quicker than other people. So yeah, I think it's a real good lesson to uh, surround yourself with the right people. And like you're saying right now, you're at a point now where you're obviously very established, the high stakes, very good. You're probably struggling to find players who are that, that far ahead of you. So you get the next challenge where you become one of the better players and you're more the teacher to people around you. And like you said, you coach guys who play 50 NL, 100 NL, and now you're sharing your wisdom with them. But obviously you're still in your own growth curve and it gets more challenging to uh, the higher you get up the, the ladder to find people who you can learn from. But yeah, I think that's a, an ongoing thing that you will continue with. But yeah, really good stuff. And I, I like that story. So for you in terms of your progression, so we've got 12 years of the kind of from starting to high stakes. What were the toughest years for you? What were the years when you look back on, you went, oh, I had a lot of challenges during this year. So you talked about your uh, sabbatical where you had a year off when you're playing 5Ks and then you took a whole break, <laughs> did all your Vipassana stuff. Was there any years or challenging parts of your career where you really hit a roadblock? Yeah, I think the biggest problem for me was, of course, myself, um, the compromise and the uh, clarity of what I want to do. See, for example, um, uh, I had a problem with compromise uh, in my life with commitment. Actually, I don't know the work if you remember my, if you remember my, my, my nicknames, always are saying something to me. I mean, in 888, I, my name is commitment, okay? Um, in in uh, American career, American uh, winning, winning the time, Americans, uh, my, my nickname is Being the Unknown because uh, Krishna Murti spoke uh -huh. about being the unknown because it's like a being like a, I always think if you if you are in the unknown you are like a present you are okay what, what's coming everything's changing so so all my nicknames um, uh, say something to me so my biggest my biggest problem was commitment commitment and to don't know what I want to do with life because. I think a lot. I have many like a crucial existences. Like, uh, wh why I'm here? Why I live? What's the purpose? It doesn't make sense. You know, I did, so I was battling with this. I was struggling with this for many years till I think, till uh, uh, maybe a few months ago or a few years, maybe one year ago or whatever. And, I, and now I still having this. Um, um, struggles or thinkings, uh, of course, now it's like one day or one hour or three hours, four hours, yeah? but in the past it was for weeks or for, for one year even, you know? So I think was, that was the, the biggest uh, like a problem for, for me to be like a going and out, going and out, going and out, going and out, you know? Um, so, and maybe, uh, and th this was the, the, the most bigger, the most, um, that, um, then when I want to go to, when I wanted to play 2K plus, um, I was about, um, I didn't know theory. 
I didn't know a Pio. I didn't know Pio. So to know Pio and know how to work with Pio, um, know how to study, and was the, the what gave me the 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 jump. Okay? Because actually one year ago, no, two years ago, I was in Ecuador surfing. Yeah? So um, I tried to I tried to to go to two K a lot, even to one K a lot, uh, battling. But always in 1K and 2K, they kick me out, always. So last year, I mean, um, I was in Ecuador and there, I, I, I tried to achieve 2K again, and they kicked me out again. I, I thought, okay, so accept that. You are not able to, to, to be in 2K. Keep, uh, go to 1K, still live your life, whatever, blah, 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 okay? So, uh, but then one year after I started with Pio and that uh, gave me the jump. To high stake, you know, to understand Pio, so difficult. And other thing, uh, another important thing, I, is, uh, I'm so bad with a structure, you know, with um, structuring my my life, uh, something, not my life, but my thinking, my, my thoughts or the process. I, I'm like a, a begin, beginner, structuring, structuring my, structuring things. So um, when I started with Pio and I started to write down everything, I start to starting to study spot one by one, going in deep, um, flop, term, river, uh, writing down all, all the concepts, the, the, what I learned. Um, that, that gave me the, the level, the click to be able to stay um, high stakes. Because oh, another important thing about uh, to be able to be in high stakes or to be able to be in poker play, like uh, Waco said um, before, is like a, to know you are doing well things well, because poker you can be doing something well and lose all the times because it's variance or you have to lose. Or for example, when you call a, uh, a bet on the river, you have to win maybe sometimes like once uh, every three times, right? One each, one third, right, at the time. But the mind, the, the, the human doesn't understand that. You cannot be calling and earning money and losing in that time. That's, it's so difficult to understand. So Payo gives you that some kind of uh, way. You know, when you, that's a matter if you lose, that you look, uh, this, uh, <laughs> because Payo is a thing and the humans are another thing. Because, you can play very well, and then you go to the table, and you cannot win because human didn't—they uh, are not doing that yet because Pio is so complex. So it's important to learn Pio, the, the how machine plays, but even more important, uh, apply that on the human um, common, a human way, a human uh, game. You know? Because sometimes they are so far. And that actually give me uh, motivate motivate me because I achieve high stakes and I think I have to learn a lot. See, I sit to study. Say, wow, see, I, it's endless. See, so that motivates me a lot too. Because and actually, when you have, achieve high stakes and you see how people is, are so far yet from five in many spots, say, wow, I see and and they are crashing. Yeah. So um, that's very motivate, motivated to me.
<laughs> uh, yeah, it sounds like for you, a lot of your progression has been getting things very clear in your head. You talked yes. about like compromise and basically commitments and basically not almost like not knowing where you're going and what for. I think this is a, a problem or like an issue a lot of players face where you get into poker very simplistically. You basically want to make money. It's good fun. And off you go. And then you start making money and then you start having a good lifestyle. And then you're like, well, now what? Now, now what do I do? And sometimes this can go very deep. Like for yourself, you went very, uh, uh, very deep in terms of what's my life about? Why am I doing this? Who am I going to be? And um, we're trying to seek clarity. We're trying to seek some form of in, in a knowing of like, am I on the right track? Is this where I should be going with my life? Is this meaningful to me? And the sooner you do that, the better, because if you uh, go 10 years down one path before turning around, you're going to have some things to deal with. So uh, yeah, it sounds like for you, the first kind of progression and growth was getting clear on who you wanted to be, why you're playing poker and what you need to do. Then the next kind of progression, especially this kind of breaking into two cares, sounded like getting everything simplified, but also uh, creating structures in your life, understanding how Pio thinks so that you, your game can be more organized and more structured, which allowed you to play a more theoretical strategy without getting thrown around by kind of short-term variants because you are committed to the kind of theoretical strategy. And like you kind of said, structure. So I'm guessing structure applies to your theory game, but also to your kind of life is overall and getting things organized and make sure you're executing. And I think that's the, when I look at high stakes players and high stakes people in general, they're very often a lot more organized. Their days are very methodical, very structured, very professional, but they very rarely start that way. It's something that they learn as they're trying to progress, they hit obstacles and they start to realize, ah, wait a second, I need to get this a bit more neat. I need to get this a bit more structured. I need to learn about this. So yeah, it sounds like for you, you went on a, about a year ago, Pyo became a big part of your learning tools and you went really deep to understand it. So you could finally crack these 1Ks, 2Ks and above. And it sounds like that's been a, a massive progression for you. So yeah, great stuff. All right, so I want to ask you, uh, when you were, let's say, playing mid-stakes, maybe trying to progress to the 1Ks, did you have any bad habits that were in your game? I see your typical BC game mistakes that were stopping you from making further progress. Was there anything that was coming up that was preventing you from moving forward? Yeah, um, for me, I'm, uh, I'm very emotional. So when I'm out of my center, I'm... Play, I play so bad. Actually, I, when I, I met uh, the Waco before to the podcast, I told him about that. I told, I, told, I told him, remember when I think you you tag me like a speedway player? Because when I'm out of my center, uh, I call a lot like crazy. When I, I, I've laughed like crazy. So, so it was this, a good read. Yeah, it was a good read. But okay, sometimes... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's 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 quite deceptive like oh which jay and big joe showed up today i don't know is my tech yeah. correct today or is it incorrect yes and um actually that helped me a lot because of course um i work a lot on me so i know when i'm out of my center so maybe i'm one day two days out of my center but then I, i'm like three months in my center so when someone tag me like a spiwi then in the future I, I i can take that like an advantage because i know uh he because i know um that i did some move like it's gonna uh they are going they're going to keep in his mind because i'm crazy okay what this so out of the line, what he's doing, you know? 
So um, it's important to, when you make some mistake, to know what mistake are you doing and try to make advantage of that. And always when you make mistakes or there's some chaos in your life or there is some, like, for example, when you lose for a period, something, for me, it's opportunity to learn. It's a big opportunity to be better. So if you have this approach, um, actually in life, everything is about its perspective. Uh, there's many perspectives. So try to take, uh, to choose the, pers the perspective that help you uh, more. And so I think this the, the, the now I, I, I still battling with this. Actually, in the last six months, uh, I had um, think uh, I have a personal problem, okay, um, and I went so out emotionally. So in three days, I lose like two thousand four hundred BBs high stakes and and that taking me to, to, to recover that taking me like a 50,000 hands um it was like crazy you know? so now I know that um so now after that what I'm doing I've been working a lot of my or know what I happen uh, of know what is happening in my in me okay in, in my, my feelings my emotions so when i realize that i'm out of my center i don't play i do something else mm -hmm. until i go to my center because of, for what i mean you are doing something and you are going back mm -hmm. because then you have to be like at no 100 hours to fixing that problem so if i know realize that be conscious and don't do it but of course it's not like i said uh, like i said it's not from one day to another. I made this mistake many times. And I hope this time I finally learn. But maybe I make the mistake again. And it's okay. You know, it's okay. But I'm gonna do my best. You know, it's like a, this is my 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 process. And I think this answer to Adam. I don't know, Adam. Very, very good, yeah. And I think a lot of players will relate to that. And you're basically saying that your emotions have a wide spectrum and with that you have a kind of big deviation in your game so when the wacko catches you on a high emotional day when you're off your center you're getting that spewy tag and on other days he's going to be very off with his reads because you're back in your center i like that terminology as well i re really think it's it's beneficial for the audience returning to center it just means i'm getting back to a clear place i feel good in myself when you lose your center it generally means like things are a bit chaotic a bit disrupted and emotionally yeah, they're throwing you around. So yeah, I think it's it's good for you to acknowledge that you're still having deviations in your game even now, but at the same time, you're more conscious, you're more aware, you can learn from quicker, but because of your personality and who you are, emotions are still still there and they occasionally flare up and you occasionally lose that center and have to deal with the consequences. Like you said, losing, I think, 2,400 big blinds in three days because something happened in your life that threw you off center. So in the future, going forward again, you'll want to be able to learn from that and avoid playing during those times. But again, it's a work in progress and it takes time to learn. And yeah, I think emotions are such an interesting part of poker. I think most players, especially online players, would love to be robots. If I could give them a, a robot button to press and numb their emotions, they'd press it. But I wouldn't want to do it myself. But at the same time, we have to deal with a lot as poker players. And you have to learn on the fly to deal with a lot of emotional situations. And players deal with them in very varying ways. 
almost all players who have a lot of success in poker, who've had 12 year careers like yourself, have had to do a lot of soul searching, a lot of like working through these issues and come to terms with the emotions that come up. And I think a lot of it as well comes down from, as you said at the very start of the conversation with the wacko, you are saying basically uh, being good at something gives gets you loved, gets you loved. People love me when I'm good at something. Now, even though you're doing a lot of work to self-validate yourself and feel good without that, it's still a big thing where when we all, when we do have success, we get validation externally from other people and from our friends and our environments. So when poker isn't going well, emotions like, am I good enough? Am I worthy? Is am I, am I okay person? So they, they come to the surface again, just through losing at a poker session. So uh, even though we may think that we've evolved past it, very often lots of emotions that we haven't had to deal with in any scenario other than poker come to the, the forte. So yeah, like you were saying as well earlier, poker is a big opportunity for growth. And sometimes we think it's about growth in terms of financial, but then we kind of switch it over. I'm like, actually, no, no, no. It's so much bigger than that. I need to grow as a person. I need to understand myself as a, at a very high level in order to achieve things in poker. So yeah, I think there's so many lessons for the audience listening there. And yeah, I think it's a, a very common uh, problem. And, and I think players vary in terms of how, how much emotion impacts them. So yeah, for yourself, um, Renee? Yeah, um, think, um, uh, when you know this, that I, I'm this emotional and I'm a human, you know, others, um, the rest of the players, which um, I play against, the same. So I try to take advantage of these two. For example, what I do, uh, I, I, I always, when I play, for example, with high-stake players, we're like 20, I don't know, 20 maybe, 30, I don't know. I try, I look their graph. Because if they're earning with, sometimes they're earning with the red line, sometimes we're losing with the red line. Um, then I look, you know, the two plus two um, forum, you know, the high stake um, hands they, 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 they put there. Because when you look at hand, you see how sometimes uh, they are playing like so speedy too. So when I know someone's playing speedy or playing more tight, I know how to exploit, to exploit them better. No, because I'm playing against them. So again, I, I, I'm so focusing of me and of what I have uh, in front, you know? Do you uh, mean, sorry, do, do you mean when you were, uh, you're referring to the, the high sex threat on two plus two, do you mean that, for example, you have a normally solid player and throughout that week, you see more spews of him than normally. So you're taking in consideration when making yes. reads, how far off, his center, he is. Yes, yes. Oh, that's next Absolutely. level, man. That this is next level. This yes, is something yes. that, yeah. that, that, that I don't take in consideration enough. I think uh, that, that happened a lot. And maybe, uh, I, I will let you know in private, maybe because I don't, you know, it's like a, something so um, in private. I will let you know which ones I took advantage of them because of this. Because I saw some. I'm, I'm, def I'm definitely curious to, you know, uh, to 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 hear about this this process, indeed. It, it, it's, it, it, actually, you see this a lot with recreationals that you have. Let's say, for example, you played with a recreational a couple times. He comes to the table and you're like, oh, yes, it's a whale playing 60, 40, 30, completely out of his mind. And then he just folds <laughs> like for three orbits. And you're like, what the fuck is going on? This is not you, but this is not yeah. him today, right? It's yeah, the range suddenly. of games someone can have. But I never really considered it that much with professionals, to be honest. That happened a lot. I mean, not a lot, not a lot, but happens. happens. And when you are playing a lot of hands against them, battling 300, 400, or even not battling, I mean, it's like a, 
there are, we are 30, maybe 20, 30 high stakes uh, yeah, playing yeah. the same side. So you know that, said, okay, this guy now is on this mood. So now I'm going to be careful with that because, you know, it's like a... So you try to link it, like, for example, if you see, okay, someone has been lo- is in a, clearly in a downswing and you kind of link a downswing to certain behavior you see in certain yeah. hands? Actually, there is one um, that when he's in on, that, on a downswing, uh, he plays so tight. I mean, he's folding uh-huh. a lot, he's bluffing less. Um, there is another one that when, I don't know what happens to Kevin, he's one of the best, but um, sometimes he's playing like so crazy, like so speedy. You know? So he's playing, you know, when you play high stakes and you, you are a very good player, back tracks, you know, back regulars, or when they are not playing well, they are like semi fish in some kind of. So you are you have to uh, boom hunting then some, something like that, you know, some kind of you have to yeah boom hunting yeah, boom hunting because the five uh-huh. K plus is not too many tables you have to rep, you have to battle a lot. So basically you're hunting you're hunting you're you're trying to spot players who are off their center and then you hunt them. I think no um no like a no like a fish but if I better my A game and I don't have tables. I, I, for example, I have three tables, four tables. So I, I add them, you know, I add, I, I add that table. Yeah, that you, you add because that player currently is out of the center, basically. Yeah, and, you know, when you are playing high stakes, you have to fight for the king of the hill. Like, a, you have to really yeah, yeah, sit yeah. down because it's you know, so difficult. There's a lot of scripts and uh, people is so fast, so so difficult to, to get tables. Um, so if he's if this this regular is you not know, playing very well and play very good, I know I know he has this problem now. Uh, so I fight, uh, I battle there and try to have fun because actually I do that because I have fun. Because I bet actually I so I like I love to be competitive. So when I'm competitive, so uh, I try to I like to play. Sorry so for hijacking you know? your conversation, Adam. <laughs> So, all good i was actually going to pass over to you Rene, and ask you uh in your career did you have big deviations in your a to c game based on your emotional state did you go through any periods where there was like a big divide between those those two states no it was actually funny he just uh uh jose described a player who's in a downswing who becomes a bit more nitty that's me like if i'm in a downswing i guess my default response is i want to be safe and then in my head, save is related to be making more faults and bluffing less, which actually is, it's, it's, and this is really funny, like your body is then trying to keep your safe, your mind, your well, however you want to call it, it's trying to keep you safe, yeah. but it's actually not keeping you safe because it's making you play more passive, which is not more plus fee. You're the, I, I would avoid bigger pots. I would actually, this is a natural tendency of me. Maybe we should book a call, Adam. Uh, <laughs> you, 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 you can diagnose it, maybe. Sure. But you know, I'm I'm just as Jose. I'm very observant, and I notice all my le- all my leaks are around passivity. And I've noticed the tendency that if I can take a line that would make the pot smaller, I would prefer that line. Like my natural bias leans towards passive lines. So instead of four betting, I would prefer calling the three bet. Okay, with hands that can do either way. Every time when it's either way. Oh, if this is a bet or a check, I'll lean towards the passive option, which I think comes from a tendency to try to keep the pot small because I see a bigger pot more as an opportunity to lose instead of to win. So this is my this is my current soul searching and try, trying to always 
like this is something that I always do. I always try to find what are the root causes of some of the leaks. And I started to list like some of my leaks and was like, wait, this is a returning pattern. I'm trying to play my returning pattern. This is true, actually true all my life. Uh, my C game reverts to passivity. So in order to be aggressive, I have to really focus. And that, that bias or that C game get enhanced when I'm in a downswing, which makes sense, but it doesn't make sense, right? <laughs> that happened to me, same, same. My bias, my bias is to go to the passive. Um, and when I'm in an upswing, actually, I do the opposite. I don't mind yeah. calling off a stack. I don't mind bluffing off a stack. It's like, ah, yeah. <laughs> enough yeah. money problems you know it's like ah if i lose this one they, uh, who cares ah if i bluff this one uh, who cares that's natural i think that happens for maybe yeah but it, but it, but it's important I, i'm sure there's some people listening it's like oh it, so for the audience listening i'm gonna ask you a question like what are your tendencies when you're in a downswing what are your tendencies when you're in an upswing what are your c game tendencies what are your current leaks and a lot of players they cannot answer these questions and in my opinion, that's that's a tell. You're not working. For example, if you ask me now, I can give you a detailed report of all my leaks, okay, that I'm very much aware of, uh, and even plans on how to fix them, okay. Obviously, when I'm playing, it doesn't always automatically come out, but I am observative. And then when I see, I indeed make the four bet instead of calling the three bet. I'm like, good, you know, reinforce that behavior. This is good. Also, trying to understand the logic. I think the pool. Uh, I think this is no secret. The pool has a natural tendency to three bet two less from the big blind, right? Yeah. Uh, especially because a lot of hands. <laughs> I think this is the perfect example. I think this is the perfect example because calling is such an easy alternative and a lot of hands are pretty. Okay. They're like, okay, yeah, but this hand's so pretty. If I three bet and he four bets, I have to fold, right? That That is a waste. The flaw here, though, is they, one, they overestimate the EV of calling, right? If you three bet and in general, in poker, there's no higher EV situation to get yourself in than to have your opponent fold. Unless you have aces, kings, queens, maybe ace, king, but maybe I think in a lot of spots, even ace, king, it's hard to outperform a fold. So if you then do three bet from the big blind and they do get four bet, they kind of overestimate the EV of worst case scenario. So now then I have to fold. So that's like the mental flaw behind not three betting enough. So every time, for example, same with four betting out of position, same with three betting from the big blind. You have to realize that the hands don't make as much money as you think in the call. That's one. And that you're three betting or four betting the pretty hands just in case you get called that you still have a decent amount of equity. Okay. But that's kind of the, the mental game. And people don't often see this as a mental game flaw, but it is a mental game leak. Do not three game, bet yeah. enough from the big blind. Do not four bet enough out of position with linear hands. Okay. So I try yeah. to remind myself. And at some point when you just, when it just clicks, you have no more problem. The leak is over. Okay. At the beginning it's conscious, but you have to really reinforce that point. And then at some point it's normal. It clicked for you. Right. Yeah. Uh, when, I, when, I, yeah. When, I, when I realized what you said, I realized that like a few months ago, the, I, I realized why people do that, why the people have um, not enough three-bet in BB, because what you said, then I thought about the river. You know, they're in the river. Um, people don't, when they um, have a blue catch, they can win the pot sometimes when they call, but they try, they call more than race. So for that, yeah. most of the time, they under bluff the rice river, river rice. Mm -hmm. No, because again with the alternative right the alternative calling is an attractive option yeah. also we we often just we when we get into a spot with a bluff catcher 
uh, we the natural question we ask ourselves is, ooh, can we call this? That's the first question. And then basically the race option is kind of, because of the question we ask ourselves, the race didn't come into our mind unless we have <clears throat> strong card removal purposes that makes it trigger. Like, yeah. oh, I so, face it so bad. Yeah. I have fourth pair with the ace flush blocker. Uh, this triggers like, hey, I blocked the nuts. Hey, I have a bluff catcher, but I have a great blocker to bluff with. Then that's a, yeah. a, a scenario where people uh, naturally find the bluffs, right? But what yeah, if but there the, is no natural hand that triggers you from bluff raising? So the, the margin, the, like you said, the marginal hands or the hands that maybe can could call. You know, you call, you don't raise. So um, um, I say something important now. Uh, 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 yeah. So um. Humans, when you play poker, you have seconds to make a decision. Seconds. So usually people, you know, it's like a make always go for the uh, passive tendency if they if they think about that, you know. That is what I mean. I, I would say I would say for your natural tendency. So if someone is naturally yeah, yeah. passive natural, yeah. or someone is naturally aggressive, they will always lean their decision towards their natural bias. That's why in general, you you just, you just you have passive players and they're going to be passive and you have aggressive players, they're going to be aggressive. Sure, one day he's going to be less aggressive than his most aggressive, right? If he's out of center. But in general, in my opinion, when you've labeled a guy as just like, listen, you just like to fight for pots, they just cannot help themselves. They will fight for the pot. Day yeah, in, day out. I remember I remember a good friend of mine, retired poker player now. He always made poker so simple. He said, listen, it's quite simple. When you're a folder and you wake up, you get out of bed, you're not like, today, I'm not going to fold anymore. No. You're like, I'm a folder. I'm going to sit down, play poker, and today I'm going to fold. That's what a folder does. And the same with a station. A station is not going to wake up out of bed and be like, today, I'm not going to be a station. Maybe, okay, maybe he has the intention, but one hour in his session, he will revert to his natural tendencies and yeah, station the shit out of people because, you know, when he faces a bet on the river, he's like, hmm, what are his bluffs? I can find some bluffs. Yeah, you can always find bluffs. You know, if, if yeah, yeah if, you you're, if you're a natural <laughs> curious person, you're going to be like, hmm, yeah, I yeah. can find some bluffs here. Whereas the passive guy is like, I can find some value bets here. And based on that question, the result is one keeps on calling and one keeps on falling. Yeah. Uh, always you can find because you can be so creative you can um, invent it invent many yeah. hands that they, they, that hands are not there I mean that hands are not there and people say they have this this but mate that hands are not in that spot you know you no, know exactly. I mean? and people think they are making a, a calculated decision but all they're usually doing is just, is just to find a justification for their bias Okay, I'm now, I'm a calling station. I'm going to find a reason to call here. And they actually think that they're making a rational decision, but all they're doing is trying to find the information that leads to a call. And yeah. it has to be a very minus EV call for them to not find any reasons to do so. Yeah, when someone, when some calling station starts to think, he's going to call, I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He, he just has to call. Fun. He just hasn't found the reason yet, but give him, give him, give him 30 find. seconds. So in, in your opinion, a long time bank, beneficial or not beneficial? Um, I think for, I mean, for me, so it's good. Uh, for me, it's good because I can play more tables, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, but, but in terms um, of your decision, you, you said like the longer you can think, the more you will 
lean towards your your bias? The, for the uh, for the population, I think it's bad. But for the for someone who is uh, is conscious of this, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I think it's, it's it's good. Yeah, I think that's a very good point. I, I completely yeah. agree. Actually, I wanted to touch on an interesting point that uh, that you when you you and Adam were talking about as well that that you said Adam that you have clients who come to you and it's almost like through the words you kind of hist- uh, hear the wish that they want to be a robot. When I was doing a session with my therapist, she actually pointed me out on that. She said like, okay, so what you're basically saying is that you don't want to be human. And what you're describing is that your perception of other high-sex poker players is that they're not very human. He said, she says, make, be very careful what you wish for here. I thought that was a very interesting point. Like, okay. Uh, and also that, that touches on a point about the, the emotional person. Let's say Jose described himself as a very emotional person. If that's you and you're going to try to suppress your emotions because you think suppressing your emotions in poker will lead you to make better poker decisions, which, you know, we can make an argument to some degree can be true. You might win more money in poker, but I don't think it will make you a happier person. As, you know, as Jose put it, you will be out of center in terms of, out of touch, I would say in this case, with who you truly are. Um, I think uh, poker and life, they're so similar. And um, answering to Alan, or both, uh, for me, it's a big tool. It's the, the best tool I have to grow, okay? to grow. Because like when you play poker, it's, the, it's like a life, but faster. Like you get a lot of uh, challenging that you get in life, but life works slower. Okay? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah? So, um, for me, uh, it's important to be like a robot playing poker, but it's a role, you know, it's a role. You have to be conscious there, but after that, when you go to life, you have to be able to, 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 uh, to take uh, like a distance from that. That's so difficult. That's so difficult. Yeah. I was going to say that. Do you have like so a, some sort of a post session routine to, to get back in touch with your emotional self? Um, no, because um, it's like actually people who doesn't know me, um, they only know me because I'm a player against them. They, uh, I think they make an image from me so different that what we are, what we re- I really are, I really am. You know, it's like a, mm-hmm. a, I, in, in, in the tables, I like a devil, like a, I try to be like a devil, you know, like a, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a I'm, and then life—it's pure love. I think. So, but um, I'm working on that too when I'm playing on the table because um, uh, you have to be like a little bit careful, like you said. You know, like a, sometimes uh, because I'm no, no. Um, I'm a different person playing poker. I mean, technically. I do my I do my best. I try to earn, I to win all the times. But I this so I mean this completely sep, uh, separate from what I am. I like like a um, like a person. Like for example, when I play poker, if I have against occasional on the table, you know I, I'm gonna be talking with him. Like a, I really want to be. Uh, I really want to him. We want he to be happy, but of course, I'm playing poker. 
So I won't, I want to win the hands, but anyway, but you know, so you know what I mean? It's a bit of a conflict because on one hand you want him to be happy, but on the other hand, you do want to take his money. So you have to take his money without hurting his feelings. How do you do that? Jose, give us something. Yeah, that's simple. Yeah, that, that's a conflict with, uh, I had when I, I see, I didn't, I don't play live, um, but when I play live, it's difficult for me, you know, because I see uh, of course, against um, occasionals, they lose a lot of money. I say, oh my God, and then I, I, he's going to be sad, or maybe he has a problem. Or, wow. So that that's that doesn't happen to me when I play online because it's like a different way. This, for example, I love animals. Okay? I love animals. Um, in the future, I want to be a vegetarian person, but I love meat. But when I see a meat, I don't see animal because in my in my in my in my brain it doesn't look like animal, you know, it's like a but if you give me animal and say kill him to eat, I cannot. I I'm gonna start before to kill him. I don't even kill a, a crouch or a, a fly. I always take them and go and take it out from the from the apartment or whatever, you know. I can't kill anything. Yeah, but but I mean, sometimes... I mean that, that's it, it doesn't even look alike. So if let's say, for example, you would eat a piece of meat, but let's say, for example, they put a pork on the table grilled with the head still on it, then you don't eat it because that's what uh... I have. As long as it's so with, with any animal products, as long as I don't see eyes, heads, claws, tank, ten, uh, what is it, ten, tentacles running around, then I'll eat it. it. It shouldn't look like an animal anymore. Yeah, it shouldn't look uh, like that. The sample you said, uh, if he's already dead, of course it's gonna be harder. But I, I remember, I don't know now, but I remember in the past when I was living in Thailand, um, uh, my ex girlfriend was uh, Thai. So I went to his um, native town, so his uh, natal town, right? Mm -hmm. And you know, there it's like a, a Europe, like a 60 years ago, maybe. So small village so they bring you know like that see they bring the the the, the pork the head you eat every, they, I, in that moment i could you know i could mm -hmm. now i don't know i even ate uh, I, I even try a dog you know so i'm curious okay so okay let's see you know so now i don't know but of course uh it's harder than when you only see a steak or you know Oh, whatever that. But anyway, uh, at some point in my life, of course, I'm gonna work on that. Um, try to go to the vegetarian side because more coherent with me, with my, with me, with my consciousness. Yeah, with, with your person, that makes yeah. sense. I think I think life, by the way, in terms of recreationals losing money to you, I think there's a lot of recreationals that, first of all, you they they don't really mind losing money as you as you said, they are there to have a good time. And I feel like if you gave him a good time at the table, you know, you're chatting with him, you're having fun, and then he ends up losing the money to you. It doesn't really matter, or at least that's often with some recreational that I have. They liked you, you know, and they were like, uh, they they might even call you like, listen, I know you have, but here you go, you know. That's like, yeah. If you if you've entertained him well, he doesn't really mind losing his money to yeah. you. So all you can do is try to be a nice nice guy at the table. That yeah, I think that happens. Yeah. Higher you play, more uh, that more happens. Yeah, 
True, because because there also people come to gamble with the money that they actually have, whereas maybe on lower stakes, yeah. people are just there with their salary. And in general, okay, I have to be careful to say now, but let's say, for example, someone has more money or any earned that money. He has also developed certain characteristic traits and therefore he will take losing in a better way. Maybe throughout accumulating his fortune, he has already faced more adversity than someone who just earns paycheck to paycheck and puts his whole paycheck on the line. If you understand what I mean, probably that also has something to do with it. Yeah. I wanted to touch on the point that you that you also mentioned when you saw how hard poker is nowadays, right? And you look to the high stakes and it's so difficult. You mentioned that you feel motivated. Now, uh, obviously this is just based on an interpretation. You think, why do you think it feels motivating to you seeing how hard poker is and how much work you still have to do instead of feeling discouraged by it? What do you think is the difference? Because some people will be like, ah, oh, why is it so much work? Why is it so difficult? I just want to win. Come on, let's get it over with. Why can poker just be easy? And you were like, you appreciate, yeah, you talked about accepting the reality. Reality is that it's very difficult and you can appreciate it and it motivates you. Why? What's the difference? Uh, difficult things in life, okay, you give you like a more, uh, how do you say that? Easy things. In short term, it's okay. Like it's like a person when you go, you, you eat a Doritos. Okay, you, you get a good feeling for five seconds, one minute, but when you finish the, the back, it's like a in a while. Oh, I feel bad. Why I did that? Like, but when you go for a diet, the short time is like a oh diet, oh back. But the long term you feel so good. So when something is difficult, gives you um, better feelings uh, than when something is easy. And is when something is easy, it's boring. When you play a game and you um, get the game, yeah? you get the game, you mm -hmm. pass the game, how do you get the, you, you win? You win. Yeah, you... And it's, um, it's, it's easy, it's boring. Yeah, uh, so, so on, on, short, on short term, it might be nice, like, oh, I won. But then if you every time win because now it's what? easy, it's not so satisfying. Yeah. It's not challenging. For me, I like challenge. Um, for example, uh, I love surf. I, like, I love surfing. Surf and poker, I think, I don't know, but um, the more most difficult things I ever did. So it's like it taking me a lot of time, a lot of effort. Um, um, I, need main, I need a lot of energy to, to, to be good um, day by day. It's like a long way, you know, long way uh, process that and, uh, is uh, funny. It's, if not, it's like life, you know. Life is the more difficult game that you can play. Life is a game. But it's so difficult. Why so difficult? Because it's so difficult, you can play for long, for many years. If the life yeah, was infinite. easy, uh, now what? It's easy. Okay, well, okay so, uh, you know, what I do now? Um, <laughs> and there is two kinds of persons. The, the person who um, work on the challenge and uh, put a lot of energy in the challenge and walk, walk, walk. And another one who quick, you know, and in life, that thing, this I have to be careful with this too. So so careful. Sorry if someone is a uh, take it personally. Um, I, I'm not sure about this. Okay, so um, for example, when Sangwa suicide, he quit the game because <laughs> so hard for them, or whatever, or they, they think I don't know what they think because I didn't suicide. Okay, so but it, they think it's the best choice, the best uh, the, the best they can do. You know, they cannot that be in that moment. So, um, but, you know, I don't know what, you understand my point? Something? Mm -hmm. No, I, I, I understand your point. Um, 
it's it's one point that's very important that I heard you mention. You said the word process, and I think this is really a big difference between because throughout our conversation, it's very clear that you're very happy with your life. And in order, I think, to feel motivated by life being challenging, you have to be very content and happy with your current life. Because if you're not happy with where you currently are, you want things to change rapidly. And then something to be easy is often the desire because you can change your current life very easily. Let's say high stakes poker has now suddenly become easily and you have some financial problems, you want to get out of it. You hope things are easy, right? Because you just want to, you want to get to a different place. You want to feel in a different way than you're currently feeling. And if the road is easy, you can feel that way tomorrow. So I think a very key point here is that you can only interpret this as motivating if you're very happy with where you are now. And this is also the only way you can enjoy the process Right, and this is, I think, in any book, in any mental game coaching session, you will hear this. Enjoy the process, right, mm-hmm. and just just surrender to the process, and don't want the results tomorrow. Uh, this is, I think, the key in order to feel the way that you are feeling and to interpretate it as motivating. Would you agree? Uh, yeah, and and, and things important and working on that now is like a, when things are going good. It's fine. It's, it's easy to be happy or easy to be uh, um, yeah, happy with your life. When easy, 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 uh, things are going uh, no good, okay? I don't like to say bad because nothing is bad, no good enough. Um, uh, you have to like um, enjoy that too. See, if you're pressed, you're human. Enjoy the process. It's another way that you have to go because it's life, it's human. So. It's impo- I think for me, I'm working on be good with myself in the, in the highs and be good with myself in the downs because they cannot exist one uh, without the other. Yeah, you have to accept that, life, basically. It's so difficult, yeah. And for when you are in a downswing perspective, it's, a, it's opportunity to grow. Chaos, if you, see, if you think about the universe, chaos is creation. Mm-hmm. Dark is creation. People, I think, understand bad, uh, the chaos and the, and the dark. I think they understand, I, I, I understand that in different ways. The chaos and darkness is a creation energy. And light is the energy that when you create something, um, grow, the, the, what you, you know, what you create already. But yeah, because we, we, we notice that it's dark because sometimes it's light. We might appreciate that it's light because sometimes it's dark. That's what you're trying to say. One, uh, one, kind, of, one kind of strengthens the other. Exactly. And create, if, without creation, cannot be, um, there is yeah, no yeah. light. And like a, a chaos is creation. So when you go in a chaos, in a downstream, it's opportunity to, like you said, to work on your game. So you are creating a new aspect. Okay, you are going to realize things you are doing bad. So you're creating other perspective. You're creating something. And then when you realize that, now you need time to uh, interiorize. Yeah. Interiorize that. So it's like a one, first creation, then light. You understand yeah. this? You know, mm-hmm. you are human and you're going to go with uh, light periods and dark periods, but both are good, are fine because both are important to grow. Yeah, and a crucial part is something that you also mentioned, accept reality, right? All frustration exists in us fighting against reality, but the reality is you're in a downswing. Better to look at the opportunity, which is to lose less than your competitors would in the same downswing and to try to develop yourself as a player, for example. 
right? Yeah, so yeah. having an op- having an opportunity based mindset, like looking at any situation, okay, what's the current opportunity? What are the current lessons that uh, my environment is trying to teach me, right? And you have to. It's funny because you have to learn them. You can fight against that reality, but at some point, it's, the reality keeps on bumping in your face. Like, listen, I'm trying to teach you something. You have to learn this because else the reality is not going to change. Yeah. Suddenly, if you don't change that, it's going to be again, 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 again. I'm going to show you until you know that. Did you learn that? You know? Yeah. The, oh, the, oh, 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 you have to learn that else we won't change reality for you. That's kind of part of, of the game, right? That's, that's the game. That's, that's one the game. the game, you know. I'm going to show you this until you understand. If you don't understand, I'm going to show again, 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 again. That's a booklet. That's life. I have some big news, my fellow ambitious poker players, because the doors to our mechanics of poker program are closing. They are closing because behind the scenes, we have been working hard on the 2.0 version of the mechanics, which next to more content also will include more personal attention and a more exclusive community, which means that we will only take on a small group of players who fit the profile. This means that right now is your last chance to guarantee a seat in one of the most complete poker coaching programs out there, which will help you break free from low to mid stakes and help you reach high stakes poker games. Throughout the month of July, we are running our first and most likely last promotion ever, a 25% off closing sale on the Mechanics of Poker program. And if you enroll now, you will get lifetime access to all the updates, including all the goodness that is coming up in the Mechanics of Poker 2.0. So grab this opportunity before the doors are closed and let us help you realize your poker goals. Go over to pokerambition.com to enroll. But without further ado, let's get back to more goodness in this episode. Um, the, a few last week, I think, I think last week or two weeks ago, I have a small uh, um, crisis existential, crisis existential, uh-huh. like uh, um, uh, took me to go out from that like a few hours. Why? Because I said, okay. Um, I get to that because I think in what makes sense in life, what I'm going to do, why I'm here, blah, 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 blah. So to go out from, to go out from there, I went to be present, man. You only have the present. You only have present, the present. And then you are alive. So you are alive and you, and you, are, you, are, in, you, have to, you, you are in the present and you are alive. So what do you want? There's nothing else. So keep going. Yeah. So um, you 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 clearly have gained a lot of knowledge. Uh, that's quite clear, right? In talking to you so far uh, yes. on basically how how to live your life. You already mentioned multiple books. Uh, you also mentioned that you often look out for coaches to improve. You mentioned um, Raoul. You also mentioned joining Educa. Do you still remember some of the big aha moments that made something click for you that helped you progress to a new level in, in your poker game? Um, that you had at that period with Raul or when joining Educa? What were some of the moments that were like, wow, now it clicked? And that could help you progress at, for example, a higher stake or increase your win rate? Um Actually, uh, 
you know, last the uh, last uh, six months, last, the last six months, I've been in Playa del Carmen, and I went there because I knew there were the best uh, Spanish poker players in the world now. You know, that's Nacho, David Jones, uh, Spatula, um, Gemba, okay, I don't know, uh, another, mm -hmm. uh, few more. So um, I went there because it's like I just said, just ask me about Beto and Raul, but it's the same, okay? I went there to create a, big, uh, a link, you know, a, a human link with them, share, talk with them, right? So um, they, give me, they gave me a lot of clicks in the game because they understand talking is talking. They understand things in the game that I didn't understand before. Mm -hmm. you know, about, uh, so um, I got a lot of uh, click, but um, they're like a um, tech, about technique, about uh, theory, about uh, how to apply theory to humans, you know? So I don't know I think, if this worked for you. Like uh, I got click with them, talking with them, sharing with them. Um, I, I was so lucky because um, they want they wanted to share, and I'm like a, I have a you know, I, I like it, I'm lucky because people li like me, you know. People, I mean, uh, so I, it's easier for me to 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 uh, to create a link and they uh, opened. Mm -hmm. No, it's it's using all oh, that's crazy. I mean, I've been playing with um, David Jones and Nacho every day, batting tables, and they share. I mean, they share. I mean, they don't study together, but they share. Uh, we talk about hands. They they, they we talk, we share concepts. Um, mm -hmm. that that's that is crazy, right? But for me, uh, it's important. I think um, when you give something you uh, get something better, Got, not better, but you get more. Uh, as much as uh, you give a lot, you get a lot. You know? yeah, yeah. And some people don't think about it. Even in poker, this happened in poker. They say, oh, I'm not going to share with you because we play together. How many hands, how many hands we play together? Mm -hmm. um, how many hands? Maybe 10 hands? And how many hands you play against the rest? So yeah, yeah. if we... Um, exchange information of course maybe it's gonna be you're gonna do our play harder or so you're gonna win less against me or whatever but you're gonna win in, in general you're gonna win a lot more because you are playing there 99 percent of the hands with the rest yeah, yeah, yeah. and also and also in order to receive you also have to give right that's also what you're saying for example you're talking about how you learned a lot by talking with nacho david jones but i'm sure Let's say, for example, they gave you 80% information, but I'm sure they've received at least 20% information back that else they would not have received. You probably, like I said, you perceive them maybe as better players. Maybe they are better players. So you were the one maybe benefiting more. But then again, they would not have received the information you gave them without opening up to you. Certainly, yeah. And, and, probably, and probably they got there. They are to where they are today because they have that sharing mentality. Maybe, uh, maybe a lot of players who are listening who are at way lower stakes, they're very, uh, very, uh, uh, how do you say that? Very paranoid about sharing. And maybe yeah. therefore they are stagnating there, right? Yeah. Whereas if they would just share, they might have received great advice that would help them get unstuck to where they currently are. I, I think you are in a high level on that. Okay. You play high stakes, uh, high stakes, they're not, 
there, there, there are a few. We are not too many. Um, you show how you play in two, 1K, 2K, I think. For, I cannot do that, for example. For me, it's like I'm paranoia about that. You know, but you are a high level of that. I, I, actually, I, I, um, I would like to know, you know, how you deal with that or, or because um, of course I share, but I don't share like that. It's like a source. Uh, when you play, you battle and you play high, like 5K and then, and they see how you sing. Or, it's like, a, okay, man, I think it's amazing. I think it's amazing. And for me, like I told you, it's like a wow. Um, but how you deal with that? <laughs> now I'm doing, I'm, I'm doing the podcast to you. Huh? Yeah, but like, so there's obviously, so for example, when, when, I make a, when I make a YouTube video, when I stream or whatever, uh, that goes public, obviously you will, for example, you can, you can say a lot of things in poker and still say nothing, right? I can ramble on about how this hand blocks this, how this hand unblocks this, how, uh, you know, at a certain frequency, I will do this. You can say a lot of smart things and in the end still not really be yeah, sharing yeah. that much yeah. valuable information. You know, maybe yeah. against Jose, I have a hand that I, it's a bluff catcher and I'm like, Jose, crazy, out of his center, I will just always call. Uh, and then on on stream, I say, okay, I roll now. Oh, I rolled high, so this time yeah, I call. Yeah. Nice An example, way. right? Yeah, I think, yeah, and yeah, like, yeah, I, mm, I don't trust this. I don't trust what's going on. My spidey senses say I have to call here. That's something different than like I'm explaining my whole thought process of why I think this leads to an overbluff spot, for example. Yeah. So Great, yeah. when you say sharing, for example, when I make a video on YouTube, I try to share enough where the video was valuable. But and probably the same if you talk with Jose, uh, with uh, if uh, David Jones talks with Jose and he has three specific reads on you that makes him a lot of money, he's not going to share those reads with you because it doesn't benefit you. Yes. It only hurts him, right? For example, I did a lot of... Uh, I was in the same situation where I would play a lot against players that I would also study with, and we would just agree, listen, if you have a very specific read on me and you don't think other players are exploiting that, just keep it to yourself. But overall, we can talk hands. That's not a problem. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, yeah that... that uh... I know for me it's like a, I, I of course I think I thought about that when what you said about mm -hmm. playing uh, when you play YouTube I say yeah because and actually you see another YouTubers or whatever uh, they always are rolling you say yeah are rolling always why are they rolling always you know and then they roll something and say no but now no so it's like a, okay uh, yeah but this is very okay so actually I wanted to ask this question a bit later <laughs> but I will ask so you 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 joined Educa. And I know that a lot of the Spanish guys that play high stakes, they basically all came through, through Educa poker, right? It's definitely a talent hotbed. It produced a lot of great poker minds. Uh, I don't think rolling dice is part of the coaching philosophy at Educa poker. Uh, could you maybe share us a little bit with, like share us what the philosophy of teaching is at Educa poker and why do you think it created so much high stakes and bosses? Uh, I think one of the most difficult things in poker is how I've learned to exploit. Mm -hmm. um, Raúl Mestre uh, is a genius. So his poker is based on exploitive, exploitive moves and play the hand uh, like if the hand was last. Mm -hmm. So that work, I think that's so difficult to learn and works very good in low stakes and mid stakes. The hackers, you know the hackers? The hackers, the hackers, the hackers, 
was the best the best uh, sit and go poker player in the world mm -hmm. um, when the Supernova League. Mm -hmm. uh, so um, it was crazy because he was the first and he doubled the win rate to the second. It's like I was crazy, you know? Wow. Crazy. Um, but uh, so Bedos, the Hakas, uh, Pablo Tennessee, um, they, me, uh, we, when we achieved to high stakes, we had to go out from that. We have to grow out, uh, go out from the exploitative way, learn the theory, and then go back to the exploitative way. Right? So, um, like, uh, we born from exploitative game that's so difficult to learn. That was a lot until high stakes. Then high stakes, you have to learn how to, to play theory. And then you don't crash. I mean, you don't, um, if you only play theory, you are not going, you are going to be okay. And you know, I don't know, maybe you can earn one BB, but no, not two, I don't know, but, but Bedo told me once, if you want to crash, you have to know theory a lot and you have to know how to exploit, exploit theory, how to exploit mm -hmm. human. That's what makes them uh, crucial, mm -hmm. uh, both. So um, the philosophy of Educa Poker, and the Educa Poker, I mean the school, uh, there is like a past and present and future, okay? In the past, Raul was the head coach now the head coach is Adri Stinson. You know, he, he, his name in, in, Educa, in Poker Studies, uh, Educa Solberg. Mm -hmm. Okay, so and now in the, uh, you know the school has, are, are many levels in the school? Like it's like a, a school, a, a guardery, um, a garden, uh -huh. a school, uh, university, uh, doctor, um, mm -hmm. cool loud, you know, like a many school. So the, in, the, in, the, in the high of the school, in the, in the highest stage, we um, are Adris Tinson, he play, he knows theory and exploitative. Me, we play theory and exploitative. Uh, Berson, Berson is Reins, Reins mm -hmm. in Pokestar, he, he play a lot of theory. Actually, he learned from Mashardo in the school. Mm -hmm. um, and then another, uh, another Michael Mike then he know theory and exploitative. So now the person of the school is theory and exploitative, mm -hmm. but from mid stake to up. Yeah, because, you, stakes, because as you mentioned, you were trying to shot 2K over over, but it kept on not working. And that was yeah. because you were purely exploitative and you lacked theoretical knowledge. What was, yeah. could you maybe give us an example of an aha moment you had when you, for example, started to work more with Pio, right? You mentioned working with solvers. What was like an aha moment that you had that you were like, oh shit, yeah, I was doing this completely wrong. Now, now I completely uh, have a different perspective and now I can crush 2K. Do you remember one of the big aha moments you had where it really clicked for you? Yeah. Uh, um... The big mistake was memorize and not understand. See, mm -hmm. uh, I learned in the school to memorize, not to understand what they are, what what are the main ideas. You know? mm -hmm. uh, for example, saying when you read a book, I was reading like I don't want to. I want to read every word 
uh, because if I don't read every word, I'm gonna lose, I'm gonna lose the information, whatever. But when you read a book, you have to look for the main ideas. And the, red, the whole book is write down uh, around the main ideas. And maybe the main ideas are two, three, four, no? and to have 400 pages. So uh, I, with Bio, I understand this. I understand that I don't have to memorize. I have to understand the ideas. No? And when you understand the ideas, you have to write down the ideas and um, develop the idea, writing down every concept. Um, so uh, I think that was the change, the big change for me. The uh, okay. change my how to learn because I wasn't, I didn't know how to learn because I didn't, I, I, I learned wrong in the school. Yeah, okay. So a, a big part of it was also unlearning, but also I would say because Educa, Sol, uh, Educa Poker was there before solvers. So just as every, every other poker school that was there before solvers, they also had to develop with the solver age, right? Uh, also, for example, I was purely exploitive player as well. Uh, and I had the same process as you. I started to work with solvers and that really certain theoretical concepts started to click. I always looked a lot at other players as well. So I wasn't necessarily that much of a solver user, but if you play against Linus frequently, for example, and you take a look at what he's doing and all the better players around you, they are using a lot of solvers. So you would suddenly see them use certain strategies that clearly came from the solver. And even though I wasn't necessarily using the solver that much myself, I would think like, hmm, interesting. They're starting to use these strategies. What are these strategies trying to accomplish? Uh, and with uh, that, I was sort of indirectly studying a solver. Yeah, and I think uh, even if they are not using Payo, for example, uh, we, when we, we, we studied the river, for me, it's the most exploitative uh, street. Mm -hmm. Nowadays, they all, where I mainly, mainly exploit is on the river. Right? Mm -hmm. So, but if they don't use Pio and you uh, look a hand on Pio and just, you, 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 you see that you have to call this hand to this sizing and they are so far from that. Actually, it doesn't matter if they are studying Pio or not because you can exploit them like bluffing a lot or not bluffing or not mm -hmm. bluffing because they are calling more than Pio. Do you understand what I mean? Yeah, so yeah. I think it's, it's a good tool to that. And for me, like I'm so emotional. So to be like a, on my center, because if I lose a lot in my exploitative game before, when I have a downswing, I don't know what I was doing and how I can know, how I, how I can check or how can, can I find out if I'm wrong or bad. You know, it's like a, a feeling of the moment, a, 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 a start. You know, uh, uh, um, about, uh, you know, so when you have a downsweep and you have fire, the, you know how to work with fire, and you go to the, and then you check fire and you do a bluff and he call with that hand that you know it doesn't matter because he has, doesn't matter the hand, fire has to call with that hand, you know? So, but if he's calling with a hand that you don't expect or it's not, or they call more, or they call more, actually, because you know, you don't see that hand. Um, then you have you can learn. Okay, so this guy is calling here more than five, so you have to bluff, uh, bluff less. And okay, I'm gonna pay attention because if this guy is doing this, maybe other guys are doing that too. Yeah. So and, and, and also, not necessarily like oh he, he is a calling station, but asking yourself a deeper question like hey, what is it about this specific spot? Because for example, I find most most interesting when I have a guy that. I think is more of a folder. And then he suddenly calls a hand that he should definitely never call. I'm like, hmm, 
what made a folder lead to call in this spot? Like even folders, they find spots to hero call, right? Yeah. So then it's like, okay, what yeah, is yeah. it about <laughs> this spot specifically that made a hero folder make a hero call? You can actually learn a lot from that. Yeah, and when you, if you pay attention, uh, uh, player, the best player of the world, like uh, Stefan, uh, Fish for me is wow, one of the best too. Mm -hmm. um, David Jones, uh, Linus, they sometimes play hands so far from bio because they understand that that's what maybe you are overwriting like crazy. Yeah. You know, but for me, it's important one thing, it's important because when you're playing against high stakers, they get there for something. So don't kill the chicken. <laughs> don't kill the chicken. Uh, thank you for that. That was amazing. That, that song is like crazy, man. So don't kill the, the X, the goal. Of, how do you say that? Don't kill the, the goal X from the chicken, right? You say that a saying? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, I know you are over bluffing, but I don't want I don't want you to realize that I know you are over bluffing. So, yeah. for example, Stefan make crazy moves that they show up his game a lot and when you're playing with his high staker it's so easy to um exploit to back try yes right back yeah. like creation you don't know and you maybe take a long time for you to realize that you are over um uh, striking back right so for me it's important to exploit a lot of that over over bluff over bluff spot or whatever but be like a don't be ambitious see ambitious is a very dangerous weapon crazy because a lot of high stakers that because of of ambition ambition uh they make a lot of mistakes you know it's like a, okay I, I can win here in this hand 100 you know 100 chips but only one time and maybe then in the future, because he saw, he saw you, 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 your approach, and strike you back. So, okay, so you have to be like, um, how do you say that? Like, uh, in your center, I don't know how you say it, to, okay, I'm not going to win. I'm, gonna, I'm not going to earn 100 chips. I'm going to earn 60, but for a long time. Like a long time thinking process. Yeah, People so what, what you're basically ascribing is, let's say, for example, you've spotted a big unbalance. And therefore, you can make a big hero call that in this case makes you, for example, 100 chips. If he now flips the exploit and bluffs zero that spot next time and you still make the same call, you lose your 100 back. Yeah. Whereas if you go for sort of more of a soft exploit, you call a little bit more with, you know, a frequency hand and you make 30 chips, but he will not realize that you've exploited. So he will not change his game. Yeah. So you win 30 chips in the future, 30 chips, 30 chips, 30 chips. That's long-term thinking process. That's working business. Business is like that. When people think about business in the short term, I think it's not going to be good. It can be good for a few months, but then people, I mean, it's, it's, it's not going to work. Um, so here, I think it's important to be conscious about don't try, don't kill the, the spot. No, yeah. be like a, it's like, it's like a, this, this, you have to be disciplined. You have to show discipline. Don't be too uh, greedy. Yeah, I think that's so important. And like you said, when I have a, a, a spot that I know you're over bluffing, I always choose a hand that you pay with frequency. Yeah. Because this way, you in high stake, all, all of us work with players. So um, 
So you don't know what I'm doing. I think, of course, now I told you. So if you look play against me, I, 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 I'm not, I'm not rolling, mate. I'm not rolling, okay? I mean, maybe no, yeah. If if, if you call a bluff catcher, you call it always. And if you fold, yeah, I don't know what you're folding. But if you call a bluff catcher, that's marginal to say the least. You're probably gonna call always the bluff catcher in that spot. But you're not uh, gonna expand to a hand that's just never a thing because that will send the alarm bells off. Yeah. Um, yeah. Of course, sometimes against very good very very good players i roll sometimes because i don't know what to do but yeah when and, I finish... and also also i think rolling can be beneficial to if you really don't know what to do and then if you don't roll you always fall back to your bias so for example in my case that would always be folding uh sadly sadly um of course when i finish the session for i go to that spot i'm trying to find out what i have to do next the next time yeah, yeah. if not it's always the saying, and you don't grow up. Yeah, that's important. So, so we talk now a lot about how theory kind of helped your game, but as many players, I'm sure, when you started to try to start to implement theory, in the beginning, it can kind of also hurt your game. Were there some mistakes you made? Because you said, like, you know, trying to implement theory, certain things work because, you know, a solver is playing against a solver, but you're also playing against humans. Was there a time for a short period where your game actually went backwards when starting to try to implement theory? Uh, I want to I want to answer. Maybe I don't know if you answer. You asked you um, request. Uh, you asked me this, but uh, when people I think with low stakes uh, players, I think <laughs> it's better if they don't use if they don't use fire. I think for me the most important thing poker is. To know to to learn how to play against occasionals because the money is from there from them. Be focused on this most important thing, or learn how to play against them, and then make uh, build a simplified strategy that don't uh, that uh, avoid mistakes to beginners. You no, know? very mm -hmm. because they simplify a lot. Don't avoid mistakes. The most important thing because like I said, I told you. When I have like uh, this about uh, 2,400 BBs lost, no, was a mistakes. So I make, I, I make some mistakes, you know, like this one, uh, the um, not so frequently, you know, but they are making these mistakes all the time. So it's impossible to, to earn from them. So make a simplified robot, uh, like a robot strategy, like a do this, did it, don't do that. And, Play, learn how to play against occasional, and of course, your table has to be good. You are playing no limit to 25, 50. You have to be playing against a 70 BPP, you know, 70 BPIP, every table, mate. You cannot play against a 30 BIP, BPIP because the rate is insane. And you know, this yeah, is and there's so much choice, right? There's no so point. much choice. Yeah, then the point. So, but I think this is the biggest mistakes people that human want to human um, feel that complex is better. That is usually it's not like that. Complex is worse uh, at least until you are very good on that. If you are like us, you know, it's like a even yeah. Like if you really understand it, because because if you truly understand it, it's no longer complex. Like you cannot execute what you don't understand. So if you have a complicated strategy that you don't understand, it's going to go very, very badly. Yeah, and poker is so complex, so difficult. It's crazy. Even yeah, you, now, you, you, you can set your own parameters. You can 
like in poker, you can, there's many ways to play sort of correct, right? You can use many yeah. sizings, uh, uh, just find the right hands, right frequency with the sizing that you decide to use and choose a sizing that makes sense for you intuitively. So the chances of you making big blunders is smaller, right? Yeah. And, and sometimes I use fire with them, but only to show uh, the, see, I am good visualizing, you know, when you see the range yeah, yeah. and how that, so that's good because I'm good with visualize uh, with my eyes. So when you look that, they can understand a little bit more, but always from the, the basic things, the, so, see, from the beginning approach, okay? Hey, you have to do this, do this, do this, do that, but look at this, how it looks, okay? But do mm -hmm. this because this, I explain how to, because you do that, always. And I, I try to use a lot, not locking with them, because for example, I think, I, um, uh, for example, why is good to do for a beginner a CV range, one third of the pot all the time. Mm -hmm. Don't think about the spot to do that. And then let's, let's work on the farm on the river. You know? Because people is overfolding and people is under raising the CV. So what, so you are materialized, uh, you are, um, you, you are, it's the equity realization concept. You know, mm -hmm. if you, for one third of the pot, you get till the river, the 95% of the time. So mate, it's even, it's impossible that you develop a strategy better than this for a beginner. So yeah, difficult, yeah. for example, you know. But then, then, when, then when do you say, okay, now it's time to uh, kind of explain you poker at a deeper level? When, when is the right time then? Because I'm for sure a lot of players are listening. They, you understand, this is like one of the basic things they learn. Okay. And this is true, like in general, if you just see bet one third on most boards and then at boards where uh, less see betting is happening, you just range check. That's an often a common used uh, way to kind of simplify the flop tree. And then from there, you start to think, sort of, right? Yes. Yeah. And if you do but that, when do I we start to ask? Yeah. When do we start to uh, enter? For me, it's uh, like a, until no limit, it's like a. And, Wait, until uh, no, one, no limit 100 or 200, for me, you have to do these basic strategies and be focused on occasional players. Uh, when you get, when you are professional already, when you just leave from poker and you can, and then um, you are 100, I think for me, 200, I think 100, I think level one is for example, 100 range every spot. Okay. Mm -hmm. Level two, I think maybe 100. When you are a solid, um, a solid winner in 100, I'm gonna do. I'm gonna split the flop in two strategies: 100 sweet or 100 check. Yeah, you yeah. Know? And mm -hmm. then the third, when you are already playing, say 400, 1k, then you can start to uh, make bottom flop in this board. Um, then you can have a, a overbet and turn on sometimes. Um, two sizing on time, you know, it's like a, but I think till you, until you are not professional, it's important to get to professional as faster as you can and yeah, yeah. avoid mistakes and learning how to uh, make a good table select, uh, selection. Um, no, but I think that, 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 that is important always, right? They don't know, but people don't, but it's amazing. They don't do that. I mean, I see a lot, I'm in a school uh, teaching people from two, no limit 
50 to 100 more or less now in, in, my, uh, in my forum. Um, maybe they say, how, why do the mistakes is always, always a mistake. Why do you play this table? I told you 100 times, do you have to play this table? You have better, huh? but they are still making the same mistakes. Well, some, some humans are slower to learn, but it's okay. I mean, it's a matter, it's okay. I, I'm here to let you know again, you know, but like uh, be focusing a lot, my energy and let, let them know to this, to don't play against uh, semi-fishes, semi-recreationals. Semi um, Try to avoid problems, mistakes, simplify strategies, um, be focusing on latest streets when you have a, already a win um, flop uh, strategy that uh, a winner flop strategy. Yeah. I think it's also very important in terms of when you tell someone to range bet a certain board that you try to make him understand why we yeah. can range bet. So then they naturally will also understand when not to range bet, right? And that is definitely the difference in terms of how you said that you learned strategy before, where it's just copying to trying to really find a deeper understanding, right? Yeah. So, uh, yes. Also, also, I think often players use that excuse of like, yeah, but I want to play against better players so I can become a better player. But the truth is, even if you hunt for whales, there will always, every table is usually made up of, there's a recreational, there's someone who's better than you. There's a couple of guys who are weaker than you. At any table, you can find a challenge, right? Um, yeah. And again, you know, often if you cannot find external challenge, look for a challenge within yourself. That's, uh, that's I think, a good advice that I would give players that have trouble game selecting as well. From an from yeah. ego perspective, Adam, why do we like to play tougher games? Good question. I'd say a few things. One, we like to uh, challenge ourselves in a way. We like to strive to be better. And very often playing tougher games gives us the illusion that we are better at what we do. So uh, if you pick a soft game, the ego can tell you that you're almost like shying away from the fight. Almost like imagine a school, you have avoid the bully and you beat up some little kids. It's like, yeah, but you didn't go for the, the big one. Whereas if you play tough games, you get validated that you're good at what you do. Um, also like, there's a lot of laziness as well in, in game selection. Some players play big, big pod games. Very often it's because they just can't be bothered to look for softer games. So they dive into these, these hard ones. So uh, yeah, there's, there's a few avenues. And yes, yeah, some players just enjoy playing tough competition because there's a lot yeah, of ego involved in terms of they get a lot of validation from those pursuits. But yeah, I think it's just exploring it yourself and understand are you somebody who uh, generally plays games that are too tough for you? If you do play tough games, understand why you are doing that. Like what, what is the reason? You should be playing tough games so you can learn. So you can learn from better players and evolve your game. I think some players will delude themselves into thinking that they play tough games for that reason. When in reality, it's they, they should be playing easier games more often. And yeah, basically having a higher win rates, beating the game. So yeah, I think we all as poker players have battles with the ego. It's one of those pursuits where you get into poker because you enjoy games, you're competitive, you want to win at poker and up, go up the levels. And yeah, basically you've got to keep your ego in check on that pursuit. You've got to know when to uh, take on challenges that are slightly hard for you and other times when to build your bankroll and be sensible. But I think most players are a work in progress when it comes to their ego. So yeah, definitely a, a lot to work on. All right, I want to ask you about the journey. So I've talked a few times about taking you 12 years to get to the top. I want to ask you a quick question. 
why do you think it didn't take you half the amount of time? I right, so say it took you 12 years to get to where you are. You're a learner. You like to grow. You like to improve. You've surrounded yourself with a lot of good players for your career. have just sped it up. Why do you feel like you didn't, it didn't take you six years to get to the top? Now I didn't change anything because I am, I think I am what I am thanks to that. Okay? But um, if, I first, if, I, if I have to start a new, um, new way, I think a new project, something, uh, I will be better in my commitment. Mm. I think I took two, two, uh, 12 years because I didn't have commitment. Mm. Um, that, you know, when I realized that helped me a lot in my relationships with my, for example, with uh, uh, your, your couple, no? your couple, mm. you know, it's like a, it's amazing because your couple is the best tool, okay, to grow. It's crazy. It's, a mirror, it's amazing mirror. But when you are in a couple, you have many cows, many small cows. And human always want to run away. Mm-hmm. You know? So the commitment with your couple basis, the most important thing with my relationship with my couple is I have the, she has to be a good person and she wants to be in the, and she wants to grow. Okay? That's two things. She has these two things. I'm commitment with the relationships in, uh, in the way because of course it's going to be a lot of cows. And when you have a cow, you want to run away. So the commitment and knowing what you want, see, what is the most important point in your way is what gives you the faster way, more or less, with a good environment or, I, I, I explain what, I mean, you, you understand what I, what I mean? 100%, what? yeah, yeah, makes perfect sense. So you're saying there basically when you committed to poker, when you went all in and decided, right, this is the path for me, all of a sudden the the kind of avenues become a lot clearer and you can make a lot more progress. And then you were linking that to your relationships as well. And your personal relationship, when you commit to that relationship, you're all in, you're not on the fence. When the chaos comes, when things get difficult, you don't shy away. You try to find resolutions and problem solve it. And yeah, like I said, there's the normal normal human tendency when things get tough to go to move away. When you're committed, the commitment basically goes, I'm here no matter what. I'm going to find a way no matter what. Commitment in poker means I'm going to find a way to get through downswings. I'll find a way to beat this next level. Commitment in a relationship means when something un, un, unfamiliar comes up or someone brings an insecurity to the, to the surface, you're there, you sit with it, you have a conversation, you work your way through it. So uh, yeah, I like that. I think it's, uh, I, I like that that's a lesson you've learned along the way. And if you could go back, like you said, it's almost like the, things called the butterfly effect where we don't change anything because a butterfly flapped its wings in, Sao Paulo, and that creates a hurricane over, let's say, the world. So there's a kind of cause and effect relationship that goes on. So if you change one little thing going back, it might prevent you from being where you are now. But at the yeah. same time, we can play like a kind of thought process game where like you, I like the way you did it. You went, if I could put myself into a different endeavor, I would be more committed. And we can learn that way and basically yeah. what you do differently. So yeah, the things like a lot of things for you, uh, sounds like thing that, so it's come up a lot is perspective changing your perspective. So uh, for you, uh, I think maybe your meditations had a big part of that. You've been able to uh, remove yourself and kind of be the observer and not be as attached to your situations. For perspective, talk me through like, what are some of the key perspectives you think are important for poker players? Because I think you've talked about a lot of them, acceptance, one of them, being able to, uh, yeah, yeah, a lot of different avenues. So for you, could you share some important perspectives either about poker or about life, which you think are helpful for aspiring poker players? 
um, I think I'm going to uh, go back to the another question with uh, to the conclusions to be cl clear in the conclusions. Um, you have when you are when you go in, in, into a uh, project like poker, you have to sit down and write down why you are going in. Like I said, for example, with my couple, is uh, she have to be. It's, a, it's like a filter, you know, to don't lose to don't lose time. We have there is many things to do. There are many persons have, can go with you, you know, in the, in the path. So she has two things important. Write down because we forget that. So big filter. She has to be a good person. She has to be uh, have a good person with me, with everyone, whatever, with herself. Um, she she uh, have to want to grow up, okay? Because she want to grow up, she can achieve everything. Doesn't matter. It's only need time, okay? So with poker, it's the same. You sit down, you really see why you want to play poker. For example, for me was I love the game. I love uh, in the beginning. I love competition. I, I was looking YouTube, like I said, with high-stake poker, and I cannot stop watching. Uh, I, um, so uh, poker is gonna give me, give me a um, freedom, a lot of freedom. No? So sit down and, and, and write down, because when there is a downsweep, you have to go there to, write, to, to read that and have the commitment, you know? It's like a, you, um, how, do say, how do you say that? Like a, you have to write down that, and when you have a dance suite or a house, you go there to remember why you are here, or why mm -hmm. you go into this. I think that's the, for me, the most important for a poker player, mm -hmm. uh, like a, in, a, in a mental way, right? Mm -hmm. um, for yeah, for me, it's now, funny because often when it, when you're when 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 shit hits the fan, you ask actually yourself that question. Why the fuck am I actually doing this? But you're asking it more because you don't know. And what you're basically now saying is you need to know. So when shit hits the fan, you have your no. You can answer that question that you ask out of desperateness, right? When things are too tough. Re really good point. Really good point. Really good point. Uh, I think that is life, everything. And that, I, realized, I realized this a few months ago, maybe. The, because um, I have some big conflict in my life with you know relationship or whatever with feeling like a underloved or underestimated something like that so i said why i feel this why, why i'm here why? so okay so i'm gonna i'm gonna write down the things like i'm write down in fire see it's like a, sometimes poker is going first sometimes life is going first but i use both to grow up mm. um so that's important for me and now what attached me to poker it's that like uh, I love the game. Uh, give me see a poker game. Give me a, a amazing lifestyle. Give me a lot of freedom. I can be everywhere, do whatever I want. Uh, I can help people. So maybe I'm not a high stake poker player, but maybe I still for for a while. I, I keep um, I stay for a while uh, playing 1K, 500, I don't know, and help and use this tool to help people because. When I play poker, it's like a time is gone. It's like I'm so present. See, I play for hours. I said, for hours already? It's crazy. You know? See, uh, it's like time doesn't exist when I play poker or when I study poker or when I, I uh, involve in poker. So that's like a crazy. It's so, I'm so lucky for that. So you have to love the game. If you don't love the game, a lot of people come to poker because the money, because money. 
of course, money for human being is uh, the first motivation uh, in the background. But you are not going to stay here because of money. Because when the down, when the cows came, you are going to quit because uh, money is not uh, strong enough. Mm -hmm. Now, what do yeah. you think about this, Adam? Very good. Yeah. So I like you are basically getting clear on your why behind why you play poker and why you do anything. Same with your relationships. What are they all about? And for you, it's quite simple. Love, love the game. That's why you play it and the freedom that I can create. And then I liked what you were saying about when things get tough, use that challenge as a way to recommit to those things. I recommit to, I, I play this game because I love it. I play this game because it gives me freedom. So when things are getting the most chaotic and things are the most challenging, you've got to remind yourself of the reason you're showing up every day. And like I said, most players will not know the answer to those questions. Why do you play? They'll have very superficial answers like to make money, to have success, to play high stakes, but it doesn't really fuel them. So for you, loving the game, that's a that's an ongoing 12-year love affair. Freedom, that's something that you've cultivated your life around, being able to do what you want. So uh, when things get tough, if you can remind yourself of bigger reasons, it's going to yeah keep you keep you going through through challenging times so for you like you said like i think what we're saying throughout this conversation is how much poker has helped you to grow and even even when you talk about your relationships you said one of the qualities you really want in your partner is a growth kind of mindset someone can learn so for you uh, when you got into poker 12 years ago did you uh, expect yourself to be on such a uh, personal growth path by that i mean obviously you got you're going trying to level up in the poker context but do you feel, did you know that you were going to embark on such a personal growth path when you got into poker? No, uh, I didn't know. I didn't know anything of that, of this. It was like a, it's really amazing. Amazing. Poker gave me a lot. Actually, I have here a tattoo I did in 2013. I, the only tattoo I had because poker gave me a lot. It's crazy. It's insane. But I didn't know this, you know. I just went, I just go, went into the this path because I like play. I like to play. I like games. I like competition. And then was has been insane. Mm, yeah, I think it shows like someone who's played as long as you have, twelve years while still progressing. Obviously, you, you stagnated at certain periods, but you've been progressing over the course of that time. You can't do that without loving the game. You can't do that without really, really enjoying what you do and yeah I, I just love like how the conversation's all been about you leveling up and almost going on like a bit of a spiritual pursuit whilst playing high stakes poker and it's funny because most people would think those things were very uh, opposite ends of the spectrum meditation and doing silent <laughs> retreats and high stakes yeah, poker yeah. seem pretty far away you've got a monk on one side you've got a high stakes gambler on one side but they're, they're kind of the same pursuit and when you look at life and growing it's all about evolving and becoming a better version of yourself and yeah like, you, like you've kept saying throughout the conversation you can't separate the two if you want to uh, succeed at the tables you've got to find a way to uh, get to know yourself and become a better version of yourself and yeah i think i just really like when players are using the poker journey to not only achieve their the freedom and the finances they want but to become that ultimate version of themselves to like step into uh who do i want to be and asking really big questions and sometimes we can go very deep on these conversations and ask the why we're here and what we're doing but it is really fundamental as a human to uh, to know what path you're on. And yes, you might be one track minded at times, trying to just achieve a certain poker goal. But at the same time, you're a human on a pursuit and you're trying to be happy and you're trying to have good relationships and you're trying to figure out what this whole thing in life is about and where, where you're going with it. And on that poker journey, you're going to have to confront a lot of insecurities, a lot of things that come up. And I think you said as well that poker makes life go faster 
I, I would agree with that as well. I feel like you learn, you have to learn so many lessons quicker. Let's say with emotions, for example, like I didn't have to deal with many emotions throughout my life until I started playing poker. And then as soon as I started playing poker, I was like, wow, I've got so many emotions, so many insecurities. I did not know that I cared about money so much. I did not care. I didn't know there was such a little baby when I lost. So there's so many things that got thrown in the surface when I started playing poker. And it was like, either learn how to deal with that or go and do something else because poker is very unforgiving. So I think it's really good when you find a pursuit that you love, you enjoy it, you're gaining the life experience that you want, you're working towards big goals, but at the same time, it's it's causing you to grow and you're improving. So I think for you right now, it's very clear, the reason you still play poker is because you love the game, but also because it's still allowing you to grow. So uh, in line with that, what are some of the areas you feel like you have the most growth left to go? So obviously you've been playing poker 12 years, you've had to confront a lot of things in those 12 years. What are some of the, th the growth areas that you feel like poker is still helping with you, you with at this stage of your life? I have to be better in structure. Uh, so I, I need to learn a lot yet. Uh, poker can help me a lot with that, with be better with the structure and that in life. I think um, with, um, still working with emotions, and still being so emotional. So still working ah, with emotion. Ah, yeah, this is what, 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 what uh, um, this one, very good. I would want uh, I still I'm still fighting a lot with recognition from outside. So poker helped me a lot with that because um, it's like uh, that. It helped me a lot because now my focus is if I want to play high stakes, it's because the the game or because of whatever, but not because I want to look for love from outside or recognition from outside because it's crazy, it's such an illusion, illusion. I mean, for what? <laughs> if you die tomorrow, nobody's gonna remind you. Oh, doesn't matter. I mean, for what? Because you are a winner of poker? Because you are a high-stake winner? For that, it's, it's, that's important. That helped the world, that helped people that you achieve a high-stake poker player and you are the best, that is uh, it's, it's illusion, it's, it's for nothing. That, but if I play high-stake poker because I'm going to learn a lot and then I, want, I can help a lot of people and that people, you know, I'm useful, I'm useful in this way, that's it's beautiful, you know? that's beautiful. So um, keep learning. Breaking that, you know, breaking the recognition from outside uh, and working more on uh, I'm here because I, ca I can help myself. And if I can help myself, I can help people. Actually, um, I'm a little bit exposed in the Spanish community, poker Spanish community, but sometimes I have the conflict about time, okay? Uh, priorizing time. You know, the time is limited, time limited. So I, need, I have yet a lot of work with myself. Mm. You know? So I think I need to work a lot on myself and on the way, for sure, people around is, gonna, is going to benefit, 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 benefit from mm. me. You know? But for that, you know, the thing maybe in this life, I know you have many life or not, doesn't matter, but in this life thing or in this um, uh, next years, I'm going to be focused on, focusing on myself, on 
keep loving uh, keep growing the love of myself the uh, be you know be complete be full my whole life i've tried to feel from outside you know you know when you feel you have emptiness inside you say, okay I, i'm gonna buy this i'm gonna uh maybe he he say i love he, he said me he said to me that love me that okay but that's really is it's for a moment but then it's from inside so if you complete yourself if you work on your to be cool inside uh then you can focus on outside you know what even you don't have to focus because it's natural yes it's like that so actually this I, i was thinking about that the last days what i have to do you know be exposed in the social media or that so i'm gonna be focusing on myself but on the on the way of course i'm gonna be exposed because it's beautiful i mean for me it's amazing it's like a beautiful you know feel my soul you know so, so that's the point i don't know if i answer i answer your question 100 yeah i wonder <laughs> how many players get into podcast seeking recognition. I bet it's very, very high because podcast is one of those things where we almost get into it because yes, we like the game, it's, it's competitive, but we've also got a bit of a chip on our shoulders that we want to prove something. We want to be good at something. We want to, first of all, show our, show our friends that we're good at this card game. We want to prove to our parents that we're making the right choice in playing poker. Then we want to beat all our peers and get a gold badge for playing high stakes. Well done, you. You're awesome. And we're constantly seeking like validation externally to make us feel good about this choice of playing poker. And then at some point, like you've talked about, you get a point where you realize, wait a second, I'm always trying to fill myself up from externally. By that, I mean, you're looking for external validation, external metrics to make yourself feel good internal. And once you realize that, you're like, wait a second, it can never, it can never really get you very far. It's always very fleeting. Every time you have success or a win or anything that's external, you want more of it. And as soon as you get the high from it, it fades very quickly. So then you're left with this horrible predicament where you're like, I've done all the external stuff and I still don't feel great internally. What do I do now? And then you've got to start seeking your own validation and how to uh, basically make yourself feel fulfilled uh, without the external stuff. And that becomes this very big challenge because you're still pursuing things externally, but at the same time, you're working on yourself internally. And I really like what you said about working on yourself before you work on uh, help others. I think this is a, a kind of high level concept where basically uh, if, in order to help other people, in order to be a good person in your immediate environment in particular, you've got to be, uh, you've got to work on yourself. You've got to uh, almost like put everything else aside, not the, not like working yourself in terms of just going to the gym or, but understand yourself and become a very secure, uh, self-conscious uh, person and someone who's really in there intuitive with themselves. You're very present. And then from there, you can help a lot of people. You don't even need to try to help people because your natural way of being is inspiring to the people because you've done work on yourself yeah. and you're not like everybody else who's trying to uh, validate yourself through your actions or through your metrics or through your external stuff. You're literally just giving because you want to give and you're, which is a hot, it takes a lot to get to. I'm a coach, so I go back and forth where I spend a lot of time working on myself and then I spend a lot of time coaching other people and I'm always going back between the two because I know uh, the most value I can ever provide other people is to work on myself. It always, like almost always if I go and work on me, work on me, when I come back out and interact with other people, I have more to give, I have more to share, I have more to, uh, to offer them. So yeah, I think it's one of those high level concepts where we've got to get to a point where we work on ourselves enough that we're able to contribute to other people. And at some point, 
that recognition that you're seeking externally, you've got to give yourself the recognition. The recognition comes from you. You stamp yourself, you give yourself that own kind of self approval. You gain your self worth from who you are every day. You look in the mirror every day and you're proud of yourself because of how you show up and who you are. And that becomes this different game. Once you've got that, even if it's not as 100% there, like all the time, you still seek things externally occasionally. You've got enough of a center, as we said, to always realize, ah, I, I fill my own cup up. I'm fulfilled from within. And externally, I'll play the game of life. I'll try to achieve stuff. But I know those external things, they're just games. Life's a game. Poker's a game. And I don't need to take it so seriously. It's not going to make me a better person. So, yeah, I just wanted to go deep on that one because I know we talked a lot at the start of the conversation about basically like you wanting people to love you and being good at something gives you that. And I think a lot of players watching this or listening to this will be on a pursuit to gain recognition through poker. And my advice would be in the short term, that's fine. But at some point you need to realize that poker isn't going to validate you. Your success in achievements yeah. isn't going to get you very much. It's going to be very, very hollow. Um, and at some point you're going to have to transition that into getting recognition internally and understand who you want to be and become proud of yourself. So that could be a 10-year pursuit. could be a 12-year pursuit. could be a 15 ongoing full lifetime pursuit. Yeah. But at some point, uh, seeking your own uh, recognition is super important. So yeah, thanks for sharing all that. That was very, very insightful. All right, Renny, have you got any further questions? Any dig, deep in the dig? Yeah, uh, we're, we're going to be uh, wrapping it up soon. I have one final question. Um, this was actually one of the motivations that Jose wanted to be on. He said, we usually ask, like, is there anything you would like to share in this podcast? And he said, share my understanding of life. Well, obviously, this could be a podcast part two, probably. <laughs> but I'm still going to try to draw this question here at the end. Jose, uh, you wanted to share your understanding of life. I, I think you've done throughout the I've podcast, done, yeah. right? Uh, yeah. Anything, any final things you would like to share with our listeners before we wrapping it off? <laughs> uh, I think it's, I have to say, like, um, uh, say goodbye with the last phrase or last words. I said, try to be a good person with, your, with yourself. I think that, that's the point, the most important point in life for me. I will be good with you and with the, 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 the people around. Yeah, often we treat others nicer than ourselves, right? Like, for example, especially when it comes down to uh, your inner critic, the way you talk to yourself. Oh, you're so fucking stupid. Why do you do that? Yeah, you would not say that to someone that you like, right? So first, start. To, is that kind of what you mean? Start treating yourself in a nicer way? Yeah, you have to be, you have to love yourself, try to uh, treat you with love, um, work on that. Because I think that's the point. I mean, the only thing that matters in life is you. Work on yourself. I mean, there, if you die tomorrow, it doesn't matter. You are nothing and you are old. You know, it's like a, you die tomorrow, okay, yeah, your family is going to cry. Wow. You're gone. I mean, what matter? It doesn't matter. You're nothing. So pay attention to yourself. Do things that really you want to do and don't think too much in the outside because part of the part, um, part of the time or um, a lot of time in our life we do things because the rest want us to do because if we do this we are good or whatever you know so you are living the life from the other the other the other you know so I'm living the truth <laughs> Um, I'm working a lot on, on this because, like I told you, I see, uh, I told you guys, 
um, I, I, for me, it was so important what people think about me. So if I do something that is out of the box sometimes, sometimes yes, sometimes no. I feel like I'm shy or sometimes, for example, uh, um, the thing I, I catch I catch me doing this was uh, I wanted to do yoga. So in front of my house in Andorra, it's, there's a park. And no one's doing yoga there. And if I go to do yoga there, maybe people's going to look for me. Uh, what he's doing? Oh, he's doing that good? He's doing that bad? Uh, uh, what is he doing? And then I went. Um, when I was doing yoga, I said, I made it. Really? You are, doing, you are doing yoga here because it's good for yourself. If someone's saying something or whatever, it doesn't matter because if you die tomorrow, you think he's going to come to the park to say, oh, that guy didn't, didn't come back. Oh, and he still was doing yoga so bad. Oh, wow, wow, wow. You know, it doesn't matter. And maybe even, you know, it's like crazy, you know, that, that to do this because or to don't do things because other because others right if you go for love you can do everything uh, that's that, why, uh, my why, wise words <laughs> not yeah they, drop mic drop <laughs> mic drop uh, don't drop your mic i think it's like oh your laptop so you would drop your laptop probably not a great idea uh <laughs> save that for a very very tilty session uh but also this is not to be mistaken when you say focus on yourself it's not. It's not to be mistaken by being selfish, right? Uh, no, 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 yeah, yeah but yeah, some, yeah. I, I, I think, I think there could be a person or two that's like, okay, yeah. so I should focus more on myself, and they interpret yeah. this in a very selfish way. But yeah. uh, like you said, you, you said many times, help others, uh, be good with yourself, so you can contribute. It's, it's the yeah. complete opposite. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's, it's the complete it's, opposite. It's a team wire. It's the complete opposite. But you have to find the balance, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the complete opposite. But if you have like poker, okay, if you are in a marginal decision, okay, so try to think about yourself first and then to the other. Right? You know, you have to use the RNG, so use it in your favor than the others, but always for love. I mean, not hurting anyone or, or something like that, you know. Um, so that's the I think so important you said that because sometimes we. Um, sometimes we talk about something and poker, and when you teach poker, this happens a lot. Actually, when I say something uh, about a hand, I always ask to the, to the, the, the how say, the, 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 the student, student? Mm -hmm. to write the conclusion um, about what he understands from me. Because sometimes it's like a, he didn't understand nothing. What I didn't say this, you know. So thanks to 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 say that because it's so important. In the big point. All right. Well, I would like to thank you for contributing your wisdom through this podcast, through the poker world. I'm sure uh, many people are going to be listening to this and learn a lot, and hope that everyone gets excited on the journey that they're on, and they indeed start to share your perspective of seeing it as a big opportunity to grow. Not only poker, but in the game of life. Um, the, the last thing I want to say is uh, it's a goal for me. Okay, uh, next time I see you, see now in the next months, years, I'm going to be focusing on my English level. Okay, so next time I see you, <laughs> I talk a lot. Opportunity for growth, English. Yeah, it's time for me. I think it's time for me. So to take it to another level. Yeah, yeah but, but I mean, every time you, you, you travel, you go to Ecuador, Mexico, no English there, man. 
Yeah, I have to go to another place now. I think maybe Australia. Yeah, yeah. Thanks again to Jose for sharing his knowledge. He's been on quite the journey, and I really liked the the way he grabbed poker by the horns and used it as an opportunity to grow. This is actually something that I often say to players as well, and I also often really think it's a waste when people just try to go through the motions, just try to grind out some money, and they kind of look for for other things outside of poker. Whereas if you really try to focus on becoming a better poker player, there's so much opportunities to grow, and I think. The conversation with Jose really showed that. Adam, what were some of your main takeaways? Yeah, it was a far-reaching conversation. And the whole, everything was around his growth path on and off the tables. And yeah, definitely we can see that he was developing skills along the way. One of the things he deals with a lot, or is still dealing with now, is his emotions. And he calls himself as some like heightened emotional person. And he's had to deal with big fluctuations in his game. So when he's off, off his center, he would call it, when he's playing a C game, he plays some, some really bad poker and spews off and makes big mistakes. On the flip side, when he's in his center and he's playing his best, he's a completely different player. So he's had to learn how to manage that, how to understand when he's in a heightened emotional state, sometimes it's better just not showing up. Even I think it was a few months ago, a few weeks ago, where he lost a lot of buy-ins at the high stakes because something in his personal life threw him off. So somebody calls in, and I'm sure players watching who are highly emotional people, you're going to have to find ways throughout your career to best manage that and best be able to deal with heightened emotions. And he's got better and better and better at it. He can now consciously see himself and how emotions affect him, but he's still a work in progress there. So I think it's a, a growth avenue that he's still exploring. I liked it when he talked about commitment and he talked about uh, compromise, but basically we talked about how it took 12 years to get to the top. And he said he could have probably got there quicker if he was more committed. And right now he's at a point where he's committed to the pocket pursuit. He knows his whys, which are a uh, love of the game and freedom. He's committed to his relationships, which are helping him grow. So this one, it's like getting cl clear on why you're doing what you're doing. And this changes as you're progressing through your life. And pokers for a lot of players will be to make money, to move up stakes. But you get a point where that doesn't do it for you. It got to a point where for him where it wasn't um, kind of inspiring him. So he had to redevelop like or reconnect with what he's playing poker for. And now he's got that. Now he feels very fortunate, very lucky to wake up in the morning and play poker. He's almost like, pinching himself because this is I'm so fortunate to do this because he's he's got clarity and he's able to commit himself from there and the final thing was a perspective very very good at seeing a positive perspective and using all life obstacles as a way to get better and to uh, progress and he talked about the chaos a lot and he was talking about kind of the darkness and the light that part I remember and he talked about chaos is the is the start of creation. And I like that. So he's very, I like how deep he was going with this. But what I was getting from that was he's talking about when things are tough. So let's say chaos is a downswing. We can use that downswing as a spark to get better, to improve. So it's a creating moments to actually learn from. And if you can go through life with this kind of objective, uh, not non-attachment. So you're going through your life scenarios and you're going, oh, wait a second, this is quite extreme variance or extreme downswing. And you're looking for opportunities to grow from that. Oh my God, doors are going to open. You've got so many opportunities. So I think throughout that conversation, he was talking about sometimes he failed at that often, but also how he tries to uh, instill that as a kind of blueprint for thinking, change your perspective, try to think everything's a uh, kind of work in progress and how I can grow from it. So yeah, so many other examples I could have covered, but yeah, very uh, deep conversation and I enjoyed it very much. How about yourself, Ronnie? Any of the technical side of the game where it's interesting for you? 
Yeah, I thought also the empathetic side, and this is also actually something that I think keeps on coming back with multiple players, that they are very empathetic towards themselves. I think it was in the podcast with Figar that he also talked to me, yeah, we're human, that came back again, so I think that's wisdom. Uh, the thing that you said also with committed, if quitting is not an option, you become more resourceful, because I think a lot of people quit too early, and if quitting is an option, when things get hard, you choose that option. You're like, okay, I quit. But if quitting is not an option, like, okay, quitting is not an option. So what do I do in order to progress? And then you come up with ideas that if quitting was an option, you would not have come up with because you would have already quit. And I think, you know, this is not only true in poker. This is true in everything. People don't stick at something long enough or they're not committed enough in order to surpass by the chaos that will come in the way of trying to reach mastery in any craft. Uh, coming also to the point of a bit more technical, actually technical. And again, he framed it in terms of when players are off their center. Okay, when this player is off their center, he usually tilts maybe in a certain way that I can take advantage of. So again, the human aspect, I think uh, I, that was really something different for me. Like I've, I've looked at this in terms of recreationals, but not really in terms of professionals. I would just see a player and expect him to play a certain way always. Uh, but he's very right. I mean, people are human. Um, same for me. I would have also a range in my game. He indeed also mentioned in terms of the range of the game that his range that he has between his A game and C game did uh, start to tighten. I think we talked about this with the Yuri podcast as well. Uh, and that mainly came through to studying more theory. And he really needed to study more theory in order to really reach the higher stakes, right? He went exploitative, got them very far. Then he added GTO. And then he actually went back to exploitative because if you understand the theory better, you also understand when something doesn't apply. And so you become actually a better exploitative player through the use of theory, which is the same path that I walked and I can definitely uh, relate to what he has been through. Um, yeah, I think, oh, you remember also the game selection point, right? That's a very important point as well. And this is indeed something that players often forget. Uh, if you want to remember one thing or you want to know one secret to making a lot of money in poker pay attention that is you have to play against players that are worse than you for as much money as you can afford to lose okay and try to play as much volume as possible under those circumstances Ta-da! poker is solved adam you're making yes. notes <laughs> and yeah the game selection part is often a point that's that's forgot that's often forgotten uh which like I said, maybe it's a bit of a... Sh people feel maybe a little bit ashamed. Oh, I have to make money from the recreationals. But due to also the side-sticking rake, that is usually true. Okay, that's kind of how it is. Uh, obviously, certain pros will be better than other pros. Like uh, uh, Jose said, he would sometimes hunt players that are off their center. Remember Yuri saying everyone is a fish. Only uh, So you can also hunt the regulars, but... You know, obviously, if you play against the will, uh, you will make more money than if you don't play against the will. All right. Wrapping up another podcast. Before we close off, though, I want to shout out a quick reminder for our Mechanics of Poker coaching program promotion that's going to end the end of July. Last chance to enroll for the Mechanics of Poker. You get 25% off if you enroll now and a guaranteed spot for the Mechanics of Poker 2.0, which are updates to the program that we're currently working on. 
uh, in the future, if you want to apply for the Mechanics of Poker 2.0, like I already said, you have to apply. So guarantee your seat now. You can still just enroll always. But after that, we will only take on a certain amount of people. So guarantee your seat and sign up now before the promotion expires. All right. Thank you, everyone, for listening. I want to thank the audience. I want to thank my co-host, Adam, for providing the wisdom, as always. Thank everyone for listening and see you guys in the next episode. Now, if you learned something in this episode, we would much appreciate it if you like and subscribe. Leave a comment with your main takeaways. Give us a five-star rating and follow the pod. This way we can reach more players and help them reach their big and ambitious poker goals. And if you want us to help you get to those goals, go over to pokerambition.com to find out more.